Adams. Here. Adam Lee. Here. Adamowski. Adamson. Here. Adler. Here. Anderson. Anderson. Here. Bueller. 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 Coming to you for perhaps the last time from the historic Yellowtown neighborhood of Buffalo, New York, I'm Bobby Pape, and this show has everything. Joining me for a trip to the Windy City on our uh, ongoing occasional series, Tishi Summer Road Trip, I forget the name of this series, Summer Road Trip Movie Spectacular. I think that sounds like what I was calling it for a while. Coming to us from the Stick Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne would never turn down a trip to the Ice Capades, Lundholm. Good morning, Ed. It's so windy here in the Windy City. And at the Middle Age Mama Studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary, fresh off her hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, and doghouse in the area, Livingston Butler. Good you morning, know- Hillary. Good morning. I am so excited to talk about one of my favorite movies, obviously The Fugitive, but I also... Spoilers! I know, but I want to say, as another spoiler, I would so get on uh, a parade float and lip sync. Twist and shout. 100%. You? (laughs) Never. And our gentleman of the morning... From the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchek, Texas, landing firmly between Jim and John in the Belushi comedy scale, it's Mike the Gel Dude Frizzell. I don't know how to feel about that, but I, I did double down about a second windscreen for, for this week. Uh, more how's on it, all- wait, how's your cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger? I think uh, that should be the litmus test. Not as not as good as the as the classic. So I think Bobby Bobby's right. I think I would have been a better Jim Belushi, but we'll get we'll get into that later. I mean, how how often do you use the word broad to refer to <laughs> broad? Women? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Privately uh, or publicly, you know, there's a big difference there. Classy broad, great great expression. <laughs> it's like it's like the jumbo shrimp of compliments. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, we're we're taking our cinema road trip to Chicago, but before we do, we'll do a little small talk and some mailbag, including your confessions from last week. <laughs> After all that, we'll do some housekeeping and how to get involved and the shameless Amazon plug of the week. I'm a little rusty hosting. Can you tell? My mind's been a little busy lately. Let's uh, jump into small talk starting. Uh, well, Mike, you can take well, us into the response yeah. to your speeding system. Yeah, let me handle some of this small talk today. Usually I don't have a lot, but... But, Here we go. Uh, but I was uh, assaulted um, for no real good reason about my my speeding system, which I really didn't outline. I, I, I just gave a, a brief synopsis of it, which, you know, I'm not going to go into it unless someone really wants to 
to hear it. It's very boring, but <laughs> also you've described it in detail before. <laughs> <laughs> basically, it's a it's a gradation of speeding to where you will not get pulled over. And I have had to put this thing together over hard experience, long experience, from from being uh, high and or drunk for so many years. <laughs> And, and and then being a fugitive, being a criminal, um, you don't even know how important it was, and still really is to me, now it's just pride, not to get pulled over for speeding or, or something stupid. Uh, you know, Bobby's too courteous. That was a dumb move. We should have talked about being courteous before we, we left on this road trip. You know? Right. And, and can I say that uh, just to add a little specificity to this, you have said before that if you got pulled over back in your bank robbing days, yeah. it would have been over instantly because they would have run the plates and found out that they were from a stolen car. Yeah, yeah stolen car. And stolen, then once... stolen plates. Stolen yeah. car, stolen plates. Stolen car, stolen plates. And and uh, and at a, at a certain point um, after I had become a fugitive, my license you know, I, I still had my, my driver's license. I certainly wouldn't have handed that to them because they, I was on TV. <laughs> I've seen myself on TV. They're looking for me. Um, so it, it's, it's important to me not to get pulled over in my, in my life in general. And the criticism, I mean, this is what blows my mind. I, Emily pointed this out. I didn't even think about it. He called in to, to complain about that or to, to, to criticize about that. After he'd been pulled over for like the fourth time in an hour. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take criticism. Uh, I'm good with it, but not from that position. Are you kidding me? No moral it was, standing. It was less about the system itself and more that you referred to it as a system was what upset Jeremy. System, system, system. <laughs> You know what the system is? Drive a minivan. I swear to God. I mean, watch yeah, me get pulled over you're today. Invisible. But I am. I'm like a ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want a muted, muted color minivan? <laughs> I drove the, the the car that I drove for most of that was a stolen van, a minivan. Perfect. Nobody gives a fuck about some white guy in a minivan who's not speeding or doing anything wrong. Excuse me. You have sporting equipment falling out the back of your minivan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have. You have $45,000 in a wheel well? I mean, what's going on here? If convenient cargo space wasn't the best transition ever to the next item. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I just wanted an update. I'm sorry. I know I talked about my fanny pack last week or belt bag or whatever, you know. Are, are they rebranding it? Was oh, it... they're trying to, but whatever. I'm leaning into the fanny pack. Yeah. Um, I do. I disagree because we are a global society. Yes, and as I, we know, the word yes. fanny is I know, very I, vulgar I know. slang. I know. For a woman's genitalia. <laughs> um, I know. I know. I always kind of think about that. I'm like, oh, that's like a little bit gross. But, I'm, you know, I'm, it is 105 degrees right now. I'm definitely not in England. So I'm, I'm okay. But um, I really feel like people are joining in. I noticed on the Facebook page that people really like it. And I have just, I used, I, I said originally that I was getting it for my walks. Like, okay, I go on walks. I need to hold my keys or whatever. I need to hold all my stuff with me. 
I'm just rocking it all the time now. There's no stopping me. I'm not putting shit back in my Like purse. a dog I, trainer? You've always got your... <laughs> I do. And I got a new little wallet because I had like a big, like a chunky wallet with all of my various cards and whatever that I don't actually really need that much of. And I got a little, you know, tiny wallet for my credit card and my ID and some money. And I am set. I'm ready to go. Now, I would like one maybe with more pockets because I get... I like to separate. Like, I don't want my keys to be in with my phone because it'll get all scratched up and whatever. I, like, want to keep things separate. So I'm sort of on the market still. Um, and I'm at some point, I'm just going to be wearing, like, a – I'm just going to get a backpack, I guess, <laughs> at some point <laughs> to wear around. But I really like that it's not hurting my shoulders. It's so nice. It just – I have big hips. Like, my they can, they can hold a lot of weight. So uh, I'm very excited. I'm very pleased. So if anybody has any more suggestions of, like – Maybe less like fashion forward and more like utility. I'm down. I like the idea of you building your collection. <laughs> like when you see the the like sneaker closets of the sneaker heads and they have all the little cubbies with the different brands. And pretty soon Hillary will open a door and it'll be her fanny pack closet. Mm-hmm. In different colors and yes. like textures. These are the for the formal occasions. <laughs> This one's when I'm going to the gym. <laughs> I did use it as an excuse the other day because so, I went to buy wine at HEB. But it was before I got my new little spiffy wallet and I had it put my ID in with my stuff. Yeah, I just had like my phone and everything. And so when I went to go pay for um, the wine, the like 17 year old asked for my ID. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I just switched to this and like kind of gestured down to. <laughs> Doesn't a fanny pack <laughs> exempt you from anyone asking? I know. For and your... he was like, he kind of rolled his eyes and like shrugged and was like typed in, you know, my birthday. And I'm like, thanks so much. Bye. If uh, someone is insulted. under 21 and, and is wearing a fanny pack. <laughs> I would, I mean, he looked at you and thought, oh, yeah, she's legal. <laughs> I wish I thought of that when I was like 17. I don't even know if fanny packs existed then, but if I'd have worn one into the Albertsons, I'm sure I could have bought the bought yeah. the uh, Mickey's Big Mouths with Probably. no problem. I know. I know. Even with a mask, he's like, you're old. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> see it. Ah, I see those crow's feet. Yep. <laughs> I know. You know. That's where I went too, you know. <laughs> I know, especially when I'm smiling, but you can't see me smiling. All right. you can see is like the wrinkles by my eyes. Right. It's like, oh, help me. Uh, um, okay. Well, well yeah. that's a good transition though, because you are, you're responsible for passing things on to the next generation. I are am. you going to blight uh, your kids with fanny packs? Because... Uh, <laughs> No, I will not. I will not pass that down to them unless they unless they ask me for it. They, I okay. will not. But 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 I am passing down my love of movies or okay. I'm trying to at least. So Rory, we all know, already loves movies like he loves superhero movies. I heard, you know, he, World War Two night- documentaries. Sergeant yes. Stubby. Yes, and last night he and Dave, I, I was like, I'm in the middle of watching one of our movies, and I hear them still downstairs. Like, what are you guys watching? They were watching Jumanji, like the new one, Jumanji 2. Ugh. I know. Dave said, this movie is terrible. But um, <laughs> anyway, so he Rory loves movies and really can sit through them, though he asks a ton of questions, which is kind of annoying. Bridget has always been my little like ADD girl as far as, you know, she wants to watch her iPad and watch various YouTubes and change around. And when I watch her use her device it like gives me a panic attack because she's just floating from one thing to another all the time so a couple of weeks ago or whenever the babysitters club came out um the tv show 
the mom is Alicia Silverstone. And I said, you know, she was the star of a movie that I loved when I was a teenager. So, you know, if you want to watch it, because I thought, you know, Clueless has some adult themes, but it's not, it really is pretty, it, it, there's nothing terrible. I mean, they talk about drugs, but it's not anything like, it wouldn't be anything that she would get anyway. So, and I, and I'm not talking think, about 1995's The Babysitter. No, no, not talking about that. So I thought, let's watch Clueless together. Like, I, it's on Netflix. I think that she'll really enjoy it. And she did. She loved it. And I was so excited because she hadn't really been one to, like, sit down and watch a movie. I think she also is angling to get popcorn. That's part of it. So, you know, she loves that portion of it, which I get. But she we watch it all and and it still really holds up i mean it's definitely very 90s but the fashion has definitely come back clueless is i mean we watched it twice together we love it we think it's funny and and it, there are some adult-ish themes but she doesn't she doesn't get them and i remember you know i watched all of the john hughes movies when i was a kid and i didn't get most of you know the best or if, or if i did it was kind of tucked away somewhere um and then she asked me, because I guess it's memed a lot, can we watch Mean Girls? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. We'll watch Mean Ooh. Girls. I like Mean Girls. Now, that one is definitely a little bit more... Um, Halfway to Heather's? Kind of. I mean, it's, it definitely has a warmer heart than that, but they... Yeah. They are meaner to each other. Yes. Meaner to each other than they are in Clueless. And they, like, just the girls are so... You know, it sets up the, like, we, these are the popular girls, and they're mean to the other girls, which is is true. That totally happens. But... It's, you know, it's a little bit, by the end, they all learn a lesson, which is kind of cheesy, but, uh, you know, and it's funny. Anyway, she liked it. We liked it and it was fine. So now I'm just trying to go through movies, you know, that I, I want to pass on to her that I want to watch. So I'm, I'm going through them and I thought about the John Hughes movies, which we surprisingly did not choose, uh, you know, this spoiler that nobody chose a John Hughes movie, which are very like Chicago-y, suburban, suburban Chicago movies, but I loved them when I was a kid, but well, now... Well, I mean, I did. Oh, you did. You did. But I mean, I'm thinking of more... I'm sorry. I'm thinking more of the, like, the triptych. Mo- the of, Molly right. Ringwald. Yeah. yeah. Oeuvre. Right. The Molly... Yes, exactly. Um, but I'm thinking through them, and I'm just like, I'm going to have to explain so much to her that was, like, just okay when we were kids, and it's just not okay now. Like... She will think that Long Duck Dong is the funniest part of Sixteen Candles, and I have to be like, "This is really bad. Like, you can't. We need to talk about this." And also, not to mention, there is a rape in that movie that nobody ever talked about, um, and is played for laughs. And I'm like, "How do I explain this to my eight year old? It's really hard." The only one of those three that I was thinking, oh, is maybe like the most okay as far as just like not having to really deeply explain a lot of stuff is pretty in pink though. I think she might think pretty in pink is boring because it's, you know, it's very, it's way more serious and ducky is like an incel. So there's also like that part, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I, so I'm just trying to find movies that like, I don't mind, I don't mind exposing her to stuff. I'm not like trying to keep her so innocent, obviously, but it's just more like, I don't know, some positive, fun teen movies. I mean, I was thinking about like maybe Bring It On. Again, maybe that's a little bit, has some, I don't know. It's pretty sexy. Stuff. Yeah, but but I don't know. It's cheerleading and it's fun. and But it is female empowerment. And it, yeah. And it, yeah. I it, watched uh, Adventures in it, Babysitting recently. And it uh, that was really entertaining. It really held up. So I don't know if, if I can't. I wasn't thinking of it in with the mindset of, is it okay for little kids? But yeah. But they definitely could identify with the kids being babysat, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth's uh, okay. shoe. Hmm. <laughs> From my own 
teen experience. Yes. I mean, the first R-rated movie that I ever saw, which my friend Ann Gabris brought over to a sleepover when we were 15 at my house and we watched it like with the volume turned down to two uh, in the yeah. middle of the night while my parents were asleep. <laughs> Sorry, mom. My mom told me she listens to our show now. So. Look out on the stairs. Whistles. Here's something that you're going to find out. Um, we'll pump up the volume. I think oh, yeah. it's great for yeah. any old uh, eight-year-old yes. girl. She, yeah. She's got to learn uh, what um, uh, false jacking off listening <laughs> sounds uh-huh. like. Oh, God. Well, that's, Oh God! I know. I mean, that's like. Um... Why is Harry Hardarm funny? Oh my God! I know. I, I mean, that's I... his name, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as as per we discussed many times, is that I have older brothers and sisters, so I watched a lot of R-rated movies very young, and I do remember watching Fast Times at Ridgemont High with my siblings. My parents were nowhere to be found. We were just watching it, and I remember not knowing what Judge Reinhold was, was doing in that scene. And then why is her yeah. top off? I don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Phoebe Cates is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Has a beautiful body. But I did not understand what was going on there. And I did sort of slot it away. Like, I didn't think about it. It didn't – I don't think it, like, changed my brain chemistry. And I didn't get that there was, like, an abortion subplot at all. Um, so I don't know. You know, it's – I want to protect her, but I also like, I think me watching like movies that maybe a lot of movies and not even bad movies, just a lot of movies. Like, I don't know. It was good for me. Yeah. Like I, I'm happy that I have that, that, I don't know. Well, cultural you uh, don't, knowledge. You don't get the, um, a lot of the, the references, you don't get a lot of the humor, um, until you do. Yes. And right, then, yeah. and then you when you, the context, <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. But it helps when you finally encounter something in the world, you go, Oh, oh. That's what they were talking about. Oh, I mean, God. I remember in, when I finally heard in Grease Lightning, like when I finally heard and understood the Chicksel Cream, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't know that's what that meant. Uh-huh. <laughs> or, uh, uh, or when I watched The Toy, and oh God. Jackie Gleason's character is named Mr. Bates, so his son is named Master Bates. Master Bates. No mm. idea. Mm-hmm. And also, that's like a modern day slavery. <laughs> it's so weird. It's no, so yeah. weird. But you know what? Um, it's funny. It is funny. It, I loved that movie when I was a kid. I loved. I loved it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, so if any any listeners have suggestions, I am open to hearing them. Yeah, right. I was going to say we should consider this a secondary uh, question of the week. What teen movies should? What, we do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to recommend the Karate Kid if. Uh, Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that is a good one. You know, they've watched it a little bit, like one, but like, again, it was a few years ago. So Mm -hmm. that is a good one. It's so good. I still tear up, and it's such an illegal move. It is an illegal move that he (laughs) did that. He's a cheater. (laughs) He's a cheater. (laughs) But it makes me cry. Yeah, I think I think long ago I talked about making Matt watch that movie when he was about ten, and. We got to the part where they'd swept the leg and daniel was in pain and they were in the locker room. And Matt was so upset, he made me turn it off. And he said, why did you make me watch this terrible movie? And I had to coax him to it's let me okay. turn it back on. I was like, I promise, I promise you're going to like the way this ends. <laughs> I guarantee it. That would be funny if you turn it back on and the movie's completely changed. <laughs> and he gets fucking crushed. Be like, sorry, kid, you had to learn someday. Yeah. yeah they have to take him to the emergency room and we're not sure if he's going to make it. You know? I, think I've, I think I've told this story before, but when my mom and dad took me to go see Cocoon, 
and, I mean, we hadn't seen it. It was a, you know, it was just in the theaters, and I start crying oh. because spoiler alert like Jessica Tandy starts getting sick or whatever and I'm crying and my mom's like she's gonna live they're gonna make it okay she's gonna live and then she died <laughs> oh my yeah mom was when, like... pre- when she hasn't done a preview of it <laughs> and my mom's like making false promises that's terrible oh boy okay uh well the the other thing that I wanted to talk about I mean Jeremy forced my hand on on my uh speeding system I understand. Um, Sometimes you just feel like you have no choice but to respond to egregious slights. I did. And I didn't want to like send in a recording because, you know, I, I like to talk, you know, I like to bring it live on the air, not just leave a message and run away. So that's just the way I like to now, do it. Now, now. Anyway, um, the bubble. Uh, I, I think everyone's aware by now that the NBA um, went on... Um, they did a work stoppage this week. People keep calling it a boycott. They're, no, it's a strike. It's right. a strike. They weren't boycotting. They are, they're the players. They're the yeah. product. So yeah. We're boycotting ourselves. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm not going to watch myself play basketball today. What are you talking about? I don't, you know. So stop saying boycott, everyone. And, and please stop saying lockdown. I know that ship has sailed. But when you've been on lockdown, a real lockdown, having people say they were locked down when they're getting their Grubhub twice a day. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> all right, then. Go mow your lawn on your fucking lockdown. Anyway, um, so the NBA players, they're they're in this bubble in Orlando, um, staying staying safe from the virus, and they're holding their the end of their season in their playoffs. And they were supposed to have some playoff games the other day, and the and the first game of the day was the Milwaukee Bucks were playing Orlando, and Milwaukee the Bucks decided right before the game that they weren't going to play; they were going to forfeit. Um, so the Orlando team's already on the floor. They're warming up, and they decided uh, they and they said, "Well, we're not taking this forfeit. We'll we'll sit out the game too." And so then the rest of the the rest of the NBA guys that are that are in that bubble still, the playoff teams, they all sat out. Um, they all sat out their next game, and they're 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 going to start playing today. But um, here's the thing: the other day. Uh, one of the one of the players on the Los Angeles Clippers, Paul George, he had a he had a terrific game. He had his first three games of the playoffs. He was awful, just awful. And he had a fantastic fourth game. And and the reporters like, well, you know, what happened? You know, why why all of a sudden did you, you know, start start playing so well? And he said, well, um, up until the last couple of days, I was in a really dark place. Uh, I you know just being here is not for me, you know? Um, And I was all with people who criticized the players when they got to the bubble, who the players were saying, well, you know, I don't like my room or the food's, the food's not very good or whatever. You know, you make, you make a zillion dollars. You can go there for a couple months and eat some bad food and, and play your basketball and get your check. But that's a different thing. Um, some people aren't made to to be in that kind of environment. Like, if you think about the movie, since it's a movie show, The Truman Show, uh, Jim Carrey's character, he has this idyllic life. He's in this bubble he doesn't even know he's in. And he has an idyllic life and, and things are going great, but then he, he, finds, he finds out that it, it's not real. It starts to dawn on him that it's, that it's not real, and he does his best to escape. When I was watching that movie, I had... I had I think I'd just gotten out of jail. I think I might have been been on probation, but this this that doesn't really matter. But 
um, I had just gotten out of a bubble. <laughs> and it wasn't as nice as that one. And I had a great time in my bubble. But I'm built for that. I, I like the same day every day. Yeah. I, uh, some people aren't. You know, it, a, a, a gilded cage is still a cage. I like, you know, that would be perfect for me. I would get up at six and play golf. Then I would go to shoot around and then I'd, you know, go play ping pong with my buddies and then I'd go play a playoff game and then I'd, I'd come back and play foosball and video games and go to bed. I'd be in heaven. Heaven. But that's me. People, it, people, you gotta, you gotta give other people a wide berth on their mental health. So, yep. uh, players were criticizing him, media members even were criticizing my hero charles barkley even kind of made fun of him yeah i mean and that's you know that that's the part of jock culture i I, there are lots of problems but that's the part that i hate the most is that um we're just not there for each other in in that way most of the time his teammates were and and he said they sort of rescued him you know because he finally admitted you know because because he didn't want to admit it for those two reasons one People, the perception is, oh, shut up. I mean, look at mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. You're, you're all set up. And then the number two thing is you're admitting weakness. Yeah. Um, well, I think that um, um, I'm not a huge uh, NBA fan. It's not really my sport. I mean, I like it fine, but it's just not my my focus. But they that league does, <laughs> even though they're not perfect, they do the best at mm-hmm. kind of be like letting their players express, you know, yep. feelings. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, yeah. the NFL sure as hell isn't, you know, letting somebody talk about their mental health crisis. <laughs> no, they the the NBA is is pretty great at stuff like that, but but there's still a lot of entrenched, uh, you know, um, anti quote unquote wimp. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, toxic joculinity. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, like, I, sure. I would. I would I would go to a bubble and, and get away from my family and play basketball for three years if you wanted me to do it. But there are guys that can't do that for three days. They just yeah. need to mm-hmm. be able to, I've, I think I was telling Emily, they just need to be able to, to drive down to the stripes and, and get a vitamin water, you know, just to change the scenery, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or see a different person or, or uh, you know, meet a stranger or anything, you know, just it's not for them, you know. And and we need to be cool about that. So, yeah. you see, so these are really weird, fucked up times. Yeah, these guys are. Get, <laughs> yep. Yes, they're paid a lot of money, but like they're asking, they're being asked to perform like under duress a little bit. So yeah, I would have done for, for, for five dollars an hour. Uh, <laughs> um, but some people don't want to do it for a hundred million dollars an hour. So that's that's my opinion on on the bubble. So bring me some of them strip club chicken wings, and I'm I'm yours oh, for the guy. duration. Oh, that guy! Yeah, yep. he's doing all right now. I'm, they're the, the next round. They start to let people in, and uh, and they can get their um, get their swerve back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The opposite uh, end of all of this is the NHL bubble, where. Uh, it's the league's, you know, what, 95 to 99% white. Yeah. And uh, very Euro and Canadian. And so the, even the grasp of American politics is not quite the same. And mm-hmm. they played all their games that night when a lot of other teams, I mean, granted that happened really quickly. The, the NHL did end up 
uh, taking a pause on Thursday to uh, sort of acknowledge what that classic NHL is a day late and a dollar short on diversity issues and cultural awareness and and all of that. But Tuka Rask, the the starting goalie for the Boston Bruins, went into the bubble, started the playoffs, and then left because he had a family medical issue. And uh, I'm just waiting to hear Boston Sports Radio, especially now that I'll be back in Boston more. Uh, if they win the Stanley Cup this year, it'll be that Tuca was garbage and they didn't need him. Yeah, and fuck if, that guy. And if they lose, it'll be fuck that guy for abandoning <laughs> know, us in the playoffs. He's, he's fucked. <laughs> yeah, he's there's no way he can come back from uh, that. And, you know, he, he just uh, he had a family issue, a medical issue, and and compounded. Hope your grandma's by con- okay, asshole. Concerns about COVID. <laughs> so it just, you know. Uh, you know, perhaps probably my favorite of the sports is hockey, and yet hockey has the longest way to go in in being uh, even remotely in the conversation in 2020, which is really well, sad. The amazing, the amazing thing is like a lot of baseball players are trying to do things. A lot, ba- hockey players are generally pretty cool. White guys, mainly because they're diverse like that. You know, um, they're from from different backgrounds. White baseball players. Not, They're all from like Alabama or Long yeah. Beach. Yes. Yes. <laughs> not as much. Not as much. I mean, lots of good guys. I'm, but, but in general, there are a lot more not yeah. woke guys in, in baseball and, and they are trying to protest in fits and starts, but the, their commissioner seems wants to railroad them to the playoffs. I mean, he is so determined to get, yeah. to get that playoff money. He's just like, Okay, you can stand out there and get mad for a minute, but then you need to play a triple header because we're all we're behind on all these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think baseball players are are more anonymous. Yes, I mean with the NBA, those cameras are right up there all yeah, the time. We yeah. know what they all look and like. And in baseball, you got a lot of wide shots from a long distance, and, yeah. yes. and they're all wearing yeah. hats with brims. Yes. So yeah. there's not the individual exposure mm-hmm. yeah you yeah. don't see mm-hmm. their personalities when it's real easy to really like hide in the dugout when yeah. you're a baseball player and mm-hmm. not have to think about how you feel or what you might want to say yeah for yeah. sure yeah i played the outfield because i just like being by myself <laughs> <laughs> throwing your glove up in the air twirling it around <laughs> That's what I did. Uh, uh, I think I've I think I've told the story before. It's not quite a confession, but uh, when I was uh, a Boy Scout and we were on a camp out some weekend, I don't know. I was a kid, obviously, um, definitely a kid. I was playing catch with myself because just... now you would be a man scout, right? Bobby, <laughs> not a Boy Scout. You know, you say that like there isn't a burgeoning industry for that. I'm confident Oof. we could probably market a man scouts weekend oh, and Lord. it'd be like those rock and roll summer camps or something anyway i was playing catch with myself and just throwing the ball up in the air and letting it you know and then catching it in my glove and then up in the air and then down to my glove and it was getting darker out and darker and darker to the point when i lost the ball in the twilight and gave myself a black eye the baseball <laughs> hit me right in the face <laughs> uh not quite as good as jeremy punching himself in the face but you know Oh. But did it look cool? <laughs> oh, of course it looked cool. I, I you know, I quit the shiner. Like, uh, you should see the other guy. The other guy's yeah. name is Rawlings. <laughs> I probably will never get a chance to tell this anecdote other than now. And that is uh, when I worked for uh, Red Robin, the, the woman who worked next to me, she got all of the incident reports from the kitchen, like when someone would get hurt, you know, on the job injury. 
And uh, there was a guy who worked in the kitchen. I think he was a just a uh, dishwasher or a busser or something. <clears throat> and he was trying to uh, pull a pan out of uh, out of the sink or something, and it was sort of stuck to something. And he he pulled and pulled on it, and then he pulled so hard that he knocked himself in the head and knocked himself out with the pan. <laughs> knocked himself smooth out. <laughs> It was the funniest thing. Um, I felt really bad for the guy, but we're looking at this thing and we're like, oh my God, this guy knocked himself out with a pan. Awesome. That's a rough day at work. No, that, that is bad because not only did you get hurt, but uh, how did you get hurt? I wouldn't even go back to that joint. What is Applebee's hiring? Because I can't, I can't go back in there. Uh, Bobby, you gave us an update before we started, but uh, you mentioned in the opening that uh, last time, in, yeah, uh, I, I think so. I, I think this is going to be it because next weekend uh, I'm going to have to miss the recording. Sorry, you should still listen. All those people who only listen because I'm on the show. Uh, all, all me, two of us. I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I am in the progress of packing. Sam is at a hotel in the greater Boston area because she already started work last week. And we get the keys to our apartment this week as you're listening to this in just a couple of days. So uh, Labor Day weekend is going to be the moving van weekend. Uh, as a as a colleague of mine said in an email back to me, oh, that's great. No one's ever thought of moving on Labor Day weekend before. <laughs> oh, dude. Dude. Dolly, so, Dolly is, oh, boy, I'm glad I'm not there right now. Uh, so actually, I, uh, I, I put in the app. I, I look up the prices for some hands for Dolly to unload the the van mm-hmm. and it's not too unreasonable so i may jump on a reservation while i can for that yeah. actually get it booked. Uh, jeremy if you're listening and can get me a promo code that would be great <laughs> um uh it's coming along i'm i'm packing up the house uh i'm i am carefully wrapping stemware and bubble wrap and newspaper and putting plates away and and sort of i'm reaching the point where i have to start packing things that i have to decide what i'm going to use them for the last time for a couple of weeks <laughs> Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, my office now is mostly empty. So if my track sounds a little echoey, that's why um, I'm sitting on a music stool because it I does sound a little different. Not, I, not I sold my chair. <laughs> so wow. We're really reaching the end. Not of the, your uh, old man chair. No, God, no, 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 no. I bought okay. uh, I bought a, a roll of shrink wrap to wrap up that chair so that when we move. OK, good, uh, good. I bought oh, a new yeah. rig. I, I used mine for 15 years and and. Uh, after I got my uh, medical settlement, I treated myself to a, yeah. a new, a new old man chair. You cannot, you cannot spend too much money on your old man chair. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, we yes, we learned that because that chair was significantly more expensive than I ever would have spent on myself, and yet yep. it Do seems it. to have not been too much money. So Mike and I both own uh, uh, chairs from the, I believe, is the Stressless brand. Yeah, it's Norwegian, I believe. Yeah, and it's uh, they're beautiful. Uh, sort of that that mid-century Scandinavian curved wood leather, and they are just ridiculously expensive. Someday, Mike, you and I should just do a show about being old men. Uh, yeah. w- it would push our demographic. We a could bit. fall asleep halfway through and then wake up and <laughs> God. finish it. <laughs> I want to get in on this old man chair thing because I have my grandpa's electric lift recliner. <laughs> really? That I. <laughs> adore because uh-huh. <laughs> my grandpa was six foot five so he bought the extra large oh, version yes. i guess so i can legitimately curl up and <laughs> that thing nice. and i got a lot of leg to curl up but the problem is that you know you you have the 
remote control thing and it it lifts the footrest and reclines the chair. And then like if my phone rings and I don't have the phone right there, then I have to be like, wait, wait, and lift myself back up. So it's like being in a rush to get up or down the stairs, but you have to use one of those chairs. It's like, God damn it. Exactly. I'm hungry now. Oh God. But Sam and I went, so we went to like a local showroom to just look at models of these chairs back when we bought, this was when we first moved back to Buffalo and Sam felt so bad about making me move back to Buffalo that she decided I deserved the chair. Uh, and they come with accessories. There are optional things you can add on. And one of the things is like a swinging arm tray table. And I'm, I am I was playing with the tray table mm-hmm. and she just looked at me and she said, no. That's <laughs> too far. Yeah. We will get you a side table, but you need to be able to get out of your chair. Yeah. You need a stand for your Metamucil, though. <laughs> yeah. Emily was really advocating for me because the bunny kind of chewed up my, my old chair. Yeah. Um, which was a damn shame. But, uh. Uh, she, you know, when when I had money, I don't spend money like ever. But she's like, "Look, you have plenty of money to get this chair. Get it, you know." Yep. And so we, she dragged me to one of them places, and we we customized the whole thing. And yeah, that the the table is is just it's a uh, it's, it's a, a, a tray too far. Yeah, yeah. tray <laughs> God. too far. God, I'm old, but I you know I yeah. can still feed myself. But... Here I've thought about. I've actually looked online to see like standing tray tables that I could add because I would like to have a place to put my plate yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. if I want to eat in my chair. Well, sure. But I think that's just, it's a level of permanence that you're committing to when you buy right. it right. to the chair. Right. <laughs> right. Like I'm probably going to spend 22 and a half to 24 hours in this chair right. a day. Uh, no, the chair I sold just it was like a red and black gamer, quote unquote gamer chair from Staples that I had reinforced the bottom of with a metal base because the plastic one cracked about a week after getting it. And I put it on let go. And this woman came and gave me 50 bucks for it or something. Nice. And she said, my son broke a dining room chair playing video games. He'll love it. It's his 14th birthday present. I thought this is what the world has come to. Wow. <laughs> As I'm shoving this chair in the back of this woman's car. I'm like, yep, great. Get it out of here. So, good chair talk, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and break. Sorry, that was this my fault. This show goal. really does have everything. Yeah, that was my fault. Chairs. Chair, uh, chair, chairs. Chair, 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 chair. Uh, Hillary, you want to take us to the mailbag? Sure, wow. sure. sure. Um, yeah, okay. So, last week was um, a great show. I really, I, I, my dad did listen to the confession show and he told me I was grounded. Um, mm-hmm. So, it's whatever. Fine, don't judge me, Dad. I'm I'm an adult. Um, She's selling drugs out her window right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. My mother said to me, "Some of those stories <laughs> it was the such best. bad." Things. That was my favorite show that I've ever listened to because oh, I didn't get into any trouble for it. <laughs> oh, man, I know my my friend Christine was like, I I forgot to warn her about it, and she was cra- we were at the pool the other day, and she was cracking up. She was like, "Oh my god!" And we were laughing about the freaking pen pal i mean that's still like can make yeah. i made dave listen to it and he yeah. was like you're laughing at yourself laughing and i was like I'm ha- well yes but i'm also it's still laughing. funny it was funny when she said it i i had heard this story somehow maybe we told it at dinner or something sometime but i it was coming back to me as she was yep. telling me, i was like oh my god i forgot how horrifying this is oh 
no, but it's uh, it was so good. It was a really, really fun show. Um, but And we got some great responses from y'all. And so I'm going to read really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, wait. I need to open the next. Oh, oh, I need yeah. a second Diet Coke for when we oh, get to yeah. the confessions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, okay. Here is a letter that we received. Great show, Coven. And I love the directional witch's idea. I do, too. Mary's last heart, last heart surgery confession had me rolling with tears streaming down my face, and it made me remember my shitty lie to a friend story, which also involved a medical procedure, <laughs> but not my own, which is why the story seems so much worse than Meredith's, and I'm remembering with white hot shame. I oh, was those thir- are the best kinds of confessions. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> yes. Um, I was 13, having a particularly hormonal day. I felt sad without any real reason. Girl, I know. Um, I was thinking, uh, I was feeling the beginnings of what I'd much later learned was clinical depression and thank the Lord for antidepressants. My best friend Jennifer noticed and asked what was wrong in class. I wouldn't say it because I couldn't say nothing really, but everything. So I tell, I said, so I said, I tell her later. Our next sleepover, she badgered me. Jennifer was not the type to back down. I knew, I said, I knew a secret. Who was it about? She went through the yearbook asking, God, this is such a 13-year-old thing to do. Um, <laughs> this guy? That lady? This person? This person? <laughs> I don't remember uh, occurring to me, not at all, to try to explain how I was feeling inside. I finally made up a story. I went to the school bathroom. Holly was there crying. I asked what was wrong. I'm pregnant, she sobbed. I comforted her. We talked about what she should do. Who should she tell? Should she have an abortion or give it up for adoption? Later, I continued this lie by telling Jennifer that Holly must have had an abortion because she never shows up to school pregnant. It's not funny, but it makes me laugh. I have no idea if Jen told anyone the secret. It seems completely unrealistic that she didn't, but I was never confronted about why I was spreading rumors that Holly was pregnant and then had an abortion. So Jen must have been a good confidant, or she figured out I was full of bullshit. Well, maybe it's like that Trump thing where he... You know, the guy's lying and he's yeah, he's full of shit. Like, but if you call him on it, he's going to fucking he's gonna ruin double you. down. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if someone's capable of telling a lie like that, yeah. um, they can ruin that person, you, anyone <laughs> with a lie. So, yeah. Um, these days, carefully. I will gladly any, tell anybody that asks and plenty of people that don't that antidepressants are a savior and it's super OK to have a bad day for no reason. Thank you. Yes. That yes. is very, very, very true. But it is hard. We don't. You know, we don't prioritize mental health in this country, really. So it's like to have the words as a 13-year-old who's going through all these new feelings and, I don't know, just experiencing new things, it's really hard to put into words what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're, like, growing up, I'm assuming I don't know anything, like, in a stable home or whatever, you know, upper-middle-class lifestyle. It's hard to, like, put into words, I'm feeling bad, for no reason, you know, just like my brain is, is going through some stuff. Well, I had never really had, uh, problems with, with, uh, depression. I, I, I don't, I'm not really depressed, but a lot of times, many, many mornings, uh, I'll just, just the, the day is daunting to me and, yeah. and I, and I feel pretty shitty mentally for about an hour Yeah. after I wake up and there's, yeah. There's little I can do about it, and there's nothing wrong. I, I feel bad complaining about it because I'm like, I got it great. Everything's fine. But, you know, it you can't you – know, what's in your brain is in your brain. Right. You can't yeah. just but say – there it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, and you know, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's just – it's hard to put into language. And sometimes with Dave, I'll just say, like, I am in a 
mood today. I don't know what it is. <laughs> right. I, but I am just, like, it's not directed at you. Yeah. I'm not mad at you. It's just as like, I, I feel down and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really know why. I'm just upset. I just yeah. upset. Sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll just tell Emily, you know, she'll, she'll come back in from work in the morning. She'll be taking a break and we'll see. Could, could you just like hold me, touch me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause well, my mine's the opposite. I'm place. like, can you just please leave me alone? I just yeah, want to be yeah. You want, you want to be left alone? I was like, could, could we have some human contact? Boy, if if only Demi Moore and Rob Lowe had known how to say that, hey, no. we could have gotten a heaven. solid hour back last night. Horrid <laughs> <Bored> promo. <laughs> um, okay, as far as the confessions go, for um, on our Facebook page, they were great. Um, Megan says, when I was a child uh, and had to go to confession a few times as a part of my brief Catholic education. I never had anything to confess. Even at six or seven, it was pretty clear to me that I had never done anything that could reasonably be considered a sin. So I made it things like, I swore, not until I was in my teens, parenthetically. And I always finished with, and I lied, (laughs) which I had just done to the priest. And then I had to say two Hail Marys or whatever, and the whole thing was so unjust. And I told that to my Catholic husband, and he agreed. He said it was bullshit, and he just would make stuff up. And then say he lied. Um... Kristen, my sister, says, when I was 10 or 11, I lied to the camp director and said I was Catholic so I could write it down for communion and lunch. (laughs) Yes. That's awesome. And then my other sister said, ooh, those wafers or something. That was what she (laughs) (laughs) did. uh chelsea who was an old room see it just is like people i coerce into um (laughs) joining the group chelsea who was my roommate in los angeles said when i was a teen melissa box uh who was another friend of ours and i would make monster faces in the church daycare window to make the toddlers cry (laughs) (laughs) i like that one that's a, that's a, that's a brag to me. That's not a confession. Uh, Olivia, another friend of mine who I'm going to be with next week. I know when I was in second grade, I stole a $2 bill from my dad to buy hot lunch because they would make me, they would make me take my lunch. Oh, oh, that's so I, I stole thousands of dollars out of my <laughs> mom's purse because yep. she didn't keep track of that shit. Um, I mean, he, a $2 bill though. I Olivia, know it's a special. It's a good specificity. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I used to take the, um, you know, every dad, has like a change thing, like yes. a clamshell change thing. Yeah. Um, Except my dad's was a shoebox that had so much change in it. Yeah. Now, all I the would, quarters are gone at some point. I'm like, yeah, what, yes. What happened all, all the quarters? <laughs> I would steal three fifty in quarters because we would go to a bar and it was three fifty for a pitcher, which is wild to think about now. But um, for whatever shitty beer. Um, and I think at some at the end of that summer, my dad was like, where are all my quarters? Yeah. But <laughs> oh, no. yeah. well, here's the thing. Don't steal the $2 bill because it's, it's a high profile. Uh, yes. Bill. Don't do that. Um, Joseph said he still, well, he just linked to a video, but he said, I still like the song and it was more than words, which more really sent me down words. a spiral. And I was like, this is still a good song. I, it's I still, still love a this good song. song. <laughs> no, I remember like, pretending like I knew how to play guitar in sixth grade or seventh grade, whenever it came out. And just like, I thought like I, you could just be, you know, like be the drum part of it where you just like, sure. beat <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, no, you're not doing anything. You don't know how to play the guitar. Um, this guy, will the asshole, um, said it's a lot of Catholic confessions in this one. In yeah. Catholic grade school, I was an altar boy. Ugh. Uh, we used to drink the communion wine in the back room. We were in sixth grade. <laughs> okay. Typical will. 
Yep. I, know. Uh, I mean, we knew the rot started somewhere <laughs> with that guy. Drunken pilot. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, okay. Uh, Beth said, I used to save my lunch money, uh, $5 a week for a month, so I could buy a bag of weed in high school. And I used to push out the window in my room. It was at ground floor to go smoke cigarettes I stole from my dad. Please don't tell. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> the weed part is a brag. Again, that's a brag. Yeah. Uh, 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 Charles said, who I this used to This is my favorite one. I know. No. I used, Charles and I used to work together. It's not at the same office, but, though I wish it was because that office sucked. Um, at an old job one day, I brought lunch but forgot my silverware. No biggie. There were tons, there was tons of silverware at work. I finished my meat, throw the spoon in the Tupperware and forget about it until I get home. For whatever reason, I didn't feel like returning the spoon that next morning. But then I started thinking that that was a pretty nice spoon. So I then spent the next two months taking all the spoons one by one from the work kitchen drawer except for one people were upset whenever someone brought an ice cream or whatever but that place sucked anyway years later their place in the market has slipped but i've still got way too many spoons did did he set like a, a reminder to, you know in an interval <laughs> or did, was it just like okay every monday i have to I can kind of see him being methodical about that so. yeah he's well, he's uh he's who doesn't cast? love a, a long con i i'm gonna oh god yes I, I've been trying to figure out how to answer this because I need to pick something that is um, incriminating but not incriminating enough uh, to make you all hate me. Um, but this story actually reminded me of something that I did years and years ago when I was working. I worked at like a, a law firm as a paralegal for about a year as I was finishing up college and I worked nights and it was this massive document paper mill assembly line place, hundreds of people, cubicle farm. Uh, it was in the height of the foreclosure crisis and they were working in that sector and it was just awful and soul crushing. But because it was all just like dumb people working low wage jobs, there was very little responsibility or oversight. And they had this online intranet where you could order office supplies if you needed something for your desk. And I would flip through and be like, oh, I need paper clips and post-it notes and whatever. And they would just show up in my mailbox the next day. And no matter what I ordered it would just show up. So I started going through the catalog looking for like weirder and weirder things that, <laughs> that were just there. And, you know, it's just being fulfilled by someone, you know, with access to a supply closet. They don't give a shit. They, and they don't, they don't know what I might need or not need. And so I just, I just ordered more office supplies like three <laughs> times a week for the better part of a year. And I had everything. I had like heavy duty staplers and, and long staplers and hole punches and, and like uh, weird binding clips and, yes. uh, and and whatever obscure thing I could get. And sometimes things just wouldn't show up. And then I would get an email like a month later saying like, oh, yeah, that's out of stock or we don't we don't even know how to get those because <laughs> they just haven't been cleaned out of the system. But to this day, I am still using little mini post-it <laughs> notes and paper clips <laughs> that I stole from that job like 12 years ago. Oh, my God. So I got a yeah. lifetime supply of office supplies. Sounds kind of nice, well, actually. My, I, I've done almost all my really, really horrible confessions on LRB and, and on TG, Um, The worst of which was breaking up with my longtime high school girlfriend while she was in the hospital for an emergency appendectomy. God. Um, <laughs> we got to seize the moment. <laughs> <laughs> if, if not now, when? Well, that, some girl asked me to Tolo, and I had to go with her. And then when she took off her bra, I had to ask her a question. So um, I've told all those stories. 
the 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 one that I was thinking of the other day was I was I was tying the drawstring on my shorts and I was thinking about how I used to uh, tie my shoes when I had to tie my shoes on a regular basis. They stay tied now, uh, but uh, I don't tie my shoes like other people, and never have. I I got confused while people were while they, I was being shown how to tie my shoes and I invented. You didn't my, get rabbit ears. I invented my own way. So. Oh. Yeah. If you watch me tie my shoes, you'll be vexed. Don't ever do it. But, All right. So there you go. Okay. Okay. Confession. Um. Okay. All right. Moving on. Javier says, as a youth, I enjoyed listening to Randy Travis. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Randy Travis is fine. Nineties, eight, late eighties, nineties country is fun it's kind of a guilty pleasure but it's fun oh yeah there were lots of travises i mean it was really it was really a golden age for travis uh amanda says i am perfect and always have have been all right fine hey oh we knew that about you amanda yes Yes. you're lovely she gave me a ride uh to the anniversary so i will always love amanda is that Um, the north carolina grandma uh contribution (laughs) yes (laughs) I don't know. Um, Erica said, said, I had ice cream for dinner. I basically had something like that last night. So you're cool. You're in good company. I have so much ice cream in my freezer. I know. know. As as our um, non-lockdown, there you go, Mike, has continued. (laughs) Like, I just, the amount, the number of pints seems to grow by one or two every time I go to the store. Uh So, you know, I bought three pints for three weeks. Now I bought five pints for three weeks now i, I mean, bought seven pints for three weeks i mean listen you gotta survive somehow yep i i it's whatever we're all doing our best exactly. sort of adjacent to our best um okay uh jack taylor says and this was really like a good combination of all of our interests last week during my one and only uh, birthday slumber party. I rigged up the water pick to send a stream of water flying when the bathroom light turned on. Was turned on. Wow, that's like quite a system. I mean, this is Jack. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. it's true. It's true. Um, I aimed it at the door and waited for the first kid to venture in, switch on the light, and get a big surprise. Just my luck. My mom was the one who flipped on the light. Mm. Oh my god, I would have been so pissed if I was his mom. I would have been like, "Everybody out. We're done. Slumber party is over." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Kristen says, I watched Married at First Sight on purpose. Uh, well, you know, listen, I'm not I familiar. watched, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a reality show. I watched Look, all the premises oh, in the title, oh, oh, Married oh. at First Sight. I thought it was a <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Makes sense. Married uh, at First Sight. That's, that's a good premise. Kristen, we embrace our trash TV yes, yeah. on this program. As what someone who's logged countless hours of diners, drive-ins and dives, I'm not going to ever judge too no. harshly. Oh, yeah. my God. No. Uh, yeah, please. We all um, need something to put on while we play with our boop boops. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Michael. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> Michael. Uh, no. Um, I, I watch all of Selling Sunset like, you know, like it's going out of style. And it's <clears throat> trash television. So it's all we're in good company. Um, okay. So where was I? Oh, Kate says, I used to uh, wait tables and was carrying a plate of fried shrimp. Another server came around the corner, hit me, and the shrimp went flying. I was in a hurry, so I just methodically picked up the shrimp off the little linoleum, put them back on the plate, and then walked them over to the customer. Not my finest moment. Oh, Kate. 
I mean, okay. I feel like that happens all the time. I just oh, assume that it happens. Stop saying that. I, I read like this, that. and my reaction was, I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It, as far as the five-second uh, rule goes, though, fried shrimp and linoleum is a pretty good combination. It's not like shrimp scampi and high pile. Right. I mean, I'd yeah. eat it if I were really hungry, but still. But I want to know. Yeah. what I'm eating. Yeah. Can I get $5 <laughs> off because I saw these fly all over the... Linoleum. I'm not saying I wouldn't eat the shrimp that fell on the floor. Right. I'm saying I want to make I an need to know. Decision. I will need a fresh dipping sauce, though. This, I, right. I'm not going to rake the floor uh, with my friend. Uh, God. Okay. Um, Angela says, I have a similar story. I, she's responding to um, Kate. I worked at DQ and dropped a container of brownies in the walk-in fridge. I picked them up and put them back in the container on the shelf. In my mind, I figured germs wouldn't be living at that temperature. Oh, also, I 100% would have still eaten them myself. I mean, Angela, I'm with you. Yeah. I totally. Brownies, completely reasonable. Totally. Totally. It's not meat. Um, <laughs> ta- it's not meat. <laughs> <laughs> that's our criteria they're just gonna get meat. sick they're not gonna die oh i mean i don't know it's what the difference dirt. is <laughs> yeah. it's good for you um tanya spoke to my heart and she says i dbr keeping up with the kardashians and i am not a one bit of shame 44 year old swifty oh I mean, she got listen. in the swifty if you i know i know and i responded i'm a 41 year old swifty i do not dbr keeping up with the kardashians but I will catch it on a marathon every once in a while and just slip right into it. And it's garbage. I remember one time I must have been out of town. It was before kids. And I came home and Dave had mentioned something about Chloe and Lamar. Like this is when you know, they were together. And Dave was like, oh, I know all about it. I, I watched the whole series on, you know, a, <laughs> a marathon like one weekend. Oh. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. But you just kind of get sucked in. It's trash. And I... Keep up with the Kardashians. I get annoyed because I don't like the they do hijinks like shit that you know is not real. Like oh no, Chris accidentally you know took the wrong car or whatever something stupid. Sure, but you do get kind of sucked into their world and and they're terrible people. But you get I don't know you get sucked in. Um, uh. So anyway, Tanya, right there. Um, Mia says guilty pleasure song is. Poison by Belle Bibdeville. I mean, of course. That girl is poison. That is an awesome song. Do not feel guilty about that. It's a fantastic song. <laughs> Stop Wait, feeling guilty. What's What's moment. the line? There's a good line in it that I'm like, I feel like that. Uh, hold on. I'll find it in just a sec. Anyway, it's a good song. I, I love Poison. It, 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 that's another one that I feel like I was Bridget's age when we started. I started listening to it and then realized what the words about way later. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Um Movie, The Lake House. I remembered it when I heard you talking about Speed, since both movies star Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. It's weirdly a movie I have not seen, and I, I feel like I should watch it. I yeah. have not seen it either, but a time travel mailbox. I'm- <laughs> Is she somehow involved in the transportation industry? Because she seems to gravitate toward... <laughs> um, food, Peter, peanut butter pie Oreos, and or nut or butter cookies. I mean, what's wrong uh, with that? Oh, nut well, or butters. Come on. I mean... Yes, Mia. we had the peanut butter pie Oreos at the Oreo taste test. Yeah, they. I don't know if I sort of made the distinction between peanut butter pie and regular peanut butter, but <laughs> ain't no shame there. And nutter oh. butter, um, I a nutter butter yep. dipped in chocolate. Uh, oh, it's so good. Oh. My parents wouldn't get them, but Missy's parents would get them, and they. I was like, yes, we've got nutter butter. Is it take it up to her room and just whore them down? So mm-hmm. good. 
uh, TV show Outlander. I don't think that's a confession. I think that that's no. fine. Before it was was Ally McBeal. Dude's hot. Yeah. Dude's seriously yeah. hot. Um, and then unpopular opinion. I don't think. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think the endings of Game of Thrones and Lost were bad. I don't. I don't have opinions on those. So I'm Game of Thrones is you. all right. They did all right. Lost. Lost. Lost everybody before yeah. we even got there. So <laughs> I don't. I, Mia. No opinion yeah. on that. But but Mia. Most of that stuff. I mean, you just have a good taste. I mean, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to confess it. And then Jonathan finally says, "I used to punch the '90s brawny rolls down the aisle because I hated the guy and the logo and his <laughs> mm-hmm. stupid face." Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. I like it. I love that one. I know. It's so good. So good. Anyway, thank you so much for your confessions. They were hilarious. And thank you for participating. We love it. Yeah. On to Chicago movies. Yeah. Let's do it. Yep. We're finally let's going. <laughs> I want to say that I, like, when thinking about Chicago movies, I, I realized, like, Chicago movies are a very important part of my life. For somebody who's like not been to Chicago a ton of times, it's like uh, their movies are, it's something that is, I think about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that one's in Chicago. That one's in Chicago. I don't know if Chicago just is like the place for American city. That's not New York or Los Angeles. You know, it can be, it's glamorous without being, you know, New York. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's, it's a significant movie location for me. Right, and if you don't want to set something in the south, yes, yes, right. yeah, then, yeah, and you don't want to set it on the coast, then you go to Chicago. Yep, exactly. So, and and the Chicago accents are fantastic. Choice. You can easily <laughs> add some authenticity to a Chicago movie just by getting some strong Chicago accents. Yeah. Getting a a for you know a police officer, a CPD <laughs> officer to play an actual CPD officer in the fugitive. His accent is so perfect. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. When I was considering Chicago movies, I was looking at this long list of movies that I would love to talk about and uh Eight Men Out was was one that I thought with um Meredith not on the show we could you know, we wouldn't bore her to death because there's some baseball Involved in that uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson movie. I thought about that. I strongly considered Untouchables, which is rewatchable big time. And, and I've seen it a couple more times in, recently. And and I'll, I'll talk about, a little more about Kevin Costner in a minute. But um, I ended up, because I saw this movie on the list and I'm like, oh man, I really love this movie. And I... I took many ladies to this movie, and it it is so a movie of your time. Woo! <laughs> uh, all right, uh, 1986. Uh, about last night, I really had great memories of this movie, uh, and and so when I dialed it up, I was like, all right, I got my 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 pen and paper out. You know, I have my little notebook. No, just kidding. Um, I got my boop boop out. I'm ready to make some notes. Uh, 1986 movie, so I'm uh, I'm 21 years old. Primetime Mike. <laughs> Coming uh, into my own as a Mike dating Rob Lowe was 22. <laughs> Worth noting that this movie came out on the same weekend I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Bobby. Uh, yeah, you're older than all of us. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like dog ears. <laughs> Uh, Rob, Rob Lowe was coming into his own as a massive Hollywood star at that time. They made it for eight and a half million, probably half of it was him and Demi Moore, who were the leads. Um, is it, you tell me, Hillary, Demi, Demi, Demi. I say, 
I probably half change more. it. <laughs> uh, I say to me more. Okay, to me, to me more. Um, every time I I see uh like uh, an older movie like Wayne's World or or this movie or you know uh, Tommy Boy or whatever, I I think that's as handsome as that guy's ever going to be, as he ever was, he's ever going to be. And then I see another movie, I'm like, no, that. Mm-hmm. this movie and that's the same way with costner it just depends on the jacket he's wearing it's like mm-hmm. you know choose your choose your 80s movie with costner and and decide which one's the the most handsome but i would say that costner doesn't have good hair no yeah his no, hair no. is a, always his, his a thinning his weak feature yeah. rob Lowe has great hair yes. not in this movie <laughs> no yeah. not but in this movie no <laughs> in general He's capable of great hair, whereas Kevin Costner would need like a wig master to hook up some great hair. Yeah, he has wispy. Yeah, it's true. If you if you're into if you're into a man's uh, hair, he's not the guy for you. But uh, uh, Demi Moore was never really done it for me. But um, really, no, no, I don't like the voice. Uh, oh, I think her voice I, is the best. I love her voice. Well, I, that's her thing, right? Just that that intense vocal that cry. She, yeah. I don't, I don't like it because I grew up around. I grew up in a house filled with cigarette smoke, oh. and uh, uh, and so anything that reminds me of of someone that smokes cigarettes kind of turns me off. So, so I wasn't really that into her. And the other, uh, the other main stars here, uh, the the sidekicks, are Elizabeth Perkins, who is a classic wet blanket friend <laughs> yes. just the mm-hmm. quintessential wet blanket friend. oh let, let me just say this is based on a play this is all yes. written yes. by uh yeah. yes it is very obviously based Clearly. on a play yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah well and it's it this was a mammoth blind spot for me but once i started watching it i i immediately understood that <laughs> mammoth. it was mammoth <laughs> right <laughs> Got it. Yes. I, I read that the, the screenwriters talking. kind of softened up some of it, but for that opening scene, the dialogue in that, every time Jim Belushi tells a story about his <laughs> sex life, it's like that's directly lifted from Mammoth. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way Was they... she a pro? Was she a pro? Oh my oh. God. The way they eat one another's lines, the whole fucking movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, sp- speaking of, of that attitude or whatever, these are really shitty young white people yeah yeah really yeah. shitty people yeah. who are you know a couple of them are trying to get the get it together and they you know they do i guess by the end or whatever but um back to elizabeth perkins and the dynamic um the the sidekicks who hate each other that's also something that i i don't know if it was done before then but it's certainly been done to death yeah since mm-hmm. Because um, there has to be some uh, a second conflict, a B conflict, and, and that's that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> Why did they move in together? This is my question. Why did they move in together? They like it's so. I'm sorry. I know you're explaining because this. Because no I, sex. No, was no, good. no. I was just gonna wrap. I was gonna wrap my entire. This is the, all of my notes. I say Chicago is lovely. Yes. Uh, I I never want to play softball with with those that that looks terrible with the <laughs> oversized bullshit and I have played it but I never want to do it again um and and 
1980s music, particularly oh my god, oh. soundtracks, <laughs> the montages. Why are there so many? And I told Dave, I said there are montages. He said, well, montages were big in the 80s, and I said I realize that, but montages usually show a process over like months <laughs> or whatever. This would be like an hour. <laughs> like it's like they're showing like an hour, and it's some like high sax <laughs> song, oh. and it's like they're just walking around. And I thought it was like covering many many days and it's just like literally a day <laughs> a day but hillary he puts his baseball cap on her head <laughs> oh. oh and then God. she turns it backwards <laughs> oh. it is i will say that the sex is kind of horny and like that's the best part of it but otherwise these people are fucking imbeciles and they have <laughs> Somewhat realistic fights when you're in it, but it's not exciting to watch. Like I don't want people to watch people have a fight about no. like whether or not you say I love you or whatever. <laughs> okay, Mike, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, are, no, I'm completely done. So okay. go. I told you guys beforehand I didn't have a lot to say on this movie because I was profoundly disappointed. These are my brief notes. Belushi is gross. I know he's supposed to be. Uh, yes. This this is from Dave. Look, it's Demi's real boobs. Um, <laughs> um, Roblo is pretty. So but many. Really, he is like, so he looks skinny. Really small. Yes, how oh, tall he is. He does. He looks tiny. He's um, slight. So many yeah. weird montages, and yeah. my final one is the restaurant is called Swallow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, like the bird, Hillary. I guess. I <laughs> no, it's a direct order. Uh, I just thought that was weird. Anyway, um, yeah, the Chicago ness of it was good. It just, it felt like I, I said this, you know, I did one act competitions in high school. I was not a good actress, but I was a theater kid. And I bet it you felt, brought it though. I bet you <clears> really <throat> brought it. Oh, I mean, probably, but it's probably so embarrassing. I would rather die than watch any of that. <laughs> but it is like when you would watch a competition of some other school and you can like, they're trying, they're acting so hard. Like they're, and it's, they're still kind of trying to memorize the set, the stage directions. Like, okay, now you're going to sit down and be pouty about this and say your line. And it just, I can feel the high school direction of, yeah. of this. And it was like cringeworthy. Clunky. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, here, my confession is that I bailed on this movie. <laughs> okay. I, I watched you. the first hour. Yeah, get and out. And I said, <laughs> no, I can't. I'm, I'm not spending the rest of my Friday no. evening <laughs> watching this. Because the casual 1980s sexism yes, of this movie was... Off the charts. Yeah. I mean, literally, like the first line of the whole thing, Jim Belushi says she has tits out to here, and I was like, <laughs> mm -hmm. "Whoa, mm -hmm. okay, okay, this is this is where we're going." In that first softball scene, he hits the winning run or whatever, and then he goes and picks up one of the women, one uh, softball groupies, local That never happened. That never happened. I played 10,000 games of softball. And, Carries and her the, around. <laughs> the girls that were there her, were there for a guy. Then he puts her on the ground on her back, oh, lies on top of her, and starts like getting after her on the softball field. I'm like, what, what is mm -hmm. happening? I know. David Mamet never, so never played softball. Gross. Yeah. And I think where I got to the end of my rope was he, Jim Belushi and Rob Lowe are having a conversation about Demi Moore and, you know, why Rob Lowe likes her. And Jim Belushi says, quote, she looks intellectual, 
that's not always a bad thing. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I think I'm done. Honestly, I'm out. Honestly, you, I, it, actually it frustrated me because they have all these issues, all these issues, and then, you know, they break up. And then they just, like, get back together at the end. I don't know. It was like... Uh, you well, know, it was like, why did I just watch this? I am, I'm not sorry I chose it because it's, it's provoked a good conversation. No, I mean, honestly, the, the musical montages made me laugh. Like, yeah. it, I was like, like laughing at them because they were so stupid. But, uh, yeah, it is not what I remembered. And how sexy was I at 21 years old that this movie worked? <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. I mean, you know, I... They- I think that my brothers and sisters were really into it. Like it was, it was definitely of its time. Yeah, for sure. I was interested looking up this movie. It was remade in 2014 with the black cast. Well, uh, this was Phyllis in the chat. I think when this came up, she said, are you going to watch the white one or the black one? So I would be very interested to watch the black one. I was really thinking about doing that. Uh, But that one is set in L.A., not Chicago. So it would not have fulfilled our brief. I figured I figured, you know, it's based on a play. It's got to be like the same movie. Put it on the short list for 2023 when we get to L.A. on this road trip. (laughs) (laughs) The only difference is there's no dot, dot, dot at the end of the um, at the end of the the title. title. (laughs) Uh, I only had a couple other thoughts. One was I the, the saving grace for me with this movie was that I liked the musical company and I felt like it had a similar vibe of exploring relationships oh, yeah. in vignettes. And so like yeah, I, I can see that stepping back from expecting a great narrative. <laughs> I guess that was that was what I took away from that. And then also I just thought that Jim Belushi was like trying to do a late 70s, early 80s Bill Murray impression the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Like no, all, yeah, all of his yeah. vocal inflection and the way he was carrying himself being a little over the top. Like he, he, you know, he, just, he knew he was never going to be his brother. Right. Yeah. But this yeah. was going to be it for him as far as movie stardom. It, but it was that, that Caddyshack stripes era Bill yeah. Murray that I could see. And, and I thought to myself, I wonder maybe they couldn't get him or and, and maybe also, they said be like, no, Jim Belushi was in the stage version of this. Oh, like oh. he originated this part. I think. Um, okay. Yeah, he's a super Chicago. Yeah, guy. I guess that would do it. There's just he seems he seems like threatening to me, like, and that he means all of this. Whereas I don't know with with uh, anybody else, I, I, it might seem like they're kind of joking. But with him, it seems like he just seems mean. Well, I think uh, the thing is like the the of course this is about me. The girls that I were dating at the time they saw me more as the good guy than the Belushi guy. Like my, my asshole buddies were the Belushi guy. And what I showed the, the ladies was the Rob Lowe, like I'm sensitive, but I, I, I'm not going to tell you, I love you type of, yeah. type of guy. With, sensitive, but withholding. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> what they didn't know is when, when they weren't in the room, I was fucking, you know, Belushi times 10. You know? Oh God. I was sensitive, uh, but withholding is actually a, a runner for the show title here. <laughs> Denise, uh, what's wrong with your, Oh, anyway. <laughs> the only other note I had was uh, I noticed so I was I went down the rabbit hole of the Wikipedia article for the play, which is sexual perversity in Chicago. Right. Uh, and the the West End theater production in 2003 uh, was Matthew Perry making his stage debut in a West yeah. End production. All co-starring Minnie Driver, Hank Azaria and wow. Kyle Riley. Wow. Hank right? Azaria as the as as who? As the asshole uh, buddy? It, it's got to be. Wow. Right. Oh my God! Now, that I'd was a, that's a movie. To see that yeah, take, let's right? watch the that movie. 
Yeah. He does yeah. the whole thing is Apu. Oh, oh shut up. Not <laughs> ruin it. I, was... I no, I, I love Hank as I had him as Brockman. I, exactly. Yeah. Oh god. I had anyway. him as Nat the dog walker from Not About You. I, I had him as his character in the birdcage. What movie what movie can't he make better? There that's go. our that's our thing. What movie can't Hank Azaria make better? Put him in some role that you're disappointed in, you're like, oh man, that could have been great with Hank Azaria. All right, should we move off this? Yeah, God, yes. I didn't want to spend this much time on it. You guys I know, dragged sorry. it out of me. Well, we spent two hours watching it, so we had to spend at least a few minutes talking about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, Couldn't Anne get spent that one out of hour. System. <laughs> All right, let's go to my movie, yes. which is a much sweeter yes. movie. <laughs> I think than anything comedy. else. <laughs> yeah, so more more successful as a romantic comedy. Although yeah. I don't think about last night was necessarily a comedy. I think no, it was just a drama. No. Yeah. Uh this movie is absolutely light as a feather. Uh we'll talk about the the one concept that you just have to go with in order for the rest of the movie to work. But this is during uh Sandy Bullock's breakout period. This is the rom com while you were sleeping. From 1995, was this before or after Speed? I think this, this was, was after, after Speed. Speed. Yeah, because Speed was her, I mean, she was sort of the co-star of Speed. You know, Keanu was the, you know, main star. And this was really her, this is her movie. Because of her the movie. bus driver incident, she got demoted uh, to Toll Taker. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the plot of this movie is that uh, Eleanor, or Lucy Eleanor Moderat's very sad Sandra Bullock. She is alone. Her mom died when she was very young. Her father died of cancer a year or two ago. She is all alone living in Chicago, working as a toll taker for the Chicago Transit Authority, which is what made me think, oh, yes, this movie is set in Chicago. There is so much of yes. the Chicago Transit Authority <laughs> yes. in this movie. Yes, yes. Uh, she is sad and lonely and working on Christmas because she has no family. So, <laughs> so mean to her. Her so- boss coerces her when she sees her crush, Peter Gallagher, the businessman who comes through in his expensive suits every day between 8.01 and 8.15. <laughs> she sees him come to get the train and he gets mugged, pushed onto the tracks and is unconscious. And she saves him from being run over by the train. Now, here's where... We just have to accept what the movie is asking us to swallow at the hospital. They won't let her go back with him because he's not family. And so she says, oh, and I was going to marry that guy. And a nurse hears and says, she's his fiance. And before we know it, everybody thinks that she is his fiance. And then his family comes, his kooky Chicago family, and they're told she's his fiance and they're absolutely delighted yep. uh, to meet her and welcome her into this family. And she's trying to tell them that it's a mistake, but they're loud and noisy and boisterous and she kind of can't do it. And then she doesn't want to do it because they welcome her into their family and give her a place. They made a stocking for her. She is such a lonely person (laughs) that feeling like she's part of the family is so important. So she stops trying to tell them, even though she is a good person Yep, and she Mm. wants to do the right thing, but her emotional needs are so strong. So then of course, 
she meets Peter's brother Jack and they get to know each other and fall in love and then what's a girl to do? Stay with your <laughs> coma fiance who you've never met or get with his cute brother that you've been lying to and eventually she is forced to confess and then as we all know it happened Bill Pullman proposes to her which is <laughs> so happy it's so it's so sweet but then i was thinking that was really quick he doesn't really know her that well why is he proposing to her they could just be together but i know well i'm trying to think that the, there must be some period of time elapsed between the confession yes. and when he comes to propose to her while she's in the ticket toll booth <laughs> um and, and we don't know what that is it's still winter so it's not like it's so you know, unless it's a, a year later. <laughs> yeah, we needed the montage. When you yeah, know... we do have the montage of her getting rid of the Christmas tree, so we know it's post-Christmas now. <laughs> yes. When you know, you know. That's what That's all romantic true. comedies hinge on that. Mm-hmm. That's true. There's really no romantic comedy where our leads are spending the time to get to know one another. This movie, I think, actually does a better job yeah. than most rom-coms of showing them developing... That's why when, when Harry met Sally is the, the gold yep. standard. Yep. yep, because it's believable yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. that these two people would know each other well enough to truly fall in love. So the timetable for this movie is not set Yeah, for that's that. the weakness. That's the yep. only, only weakness. Okay. But, but no, it I, is... Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, but that's kind of like the... Uh, you know, it, it's not believable, but you just have to buy into it. Right. And it doesn't really matter. Yep. This is... A movie that's not supposed to be cinema verite. No, I mean it's not like Air Bud or something, but it's (laughs) (laughs) not that I've seen Air Bud, but I I, I think the premise is. But you know, I just when I was watching, I hadn't seen it in a really long time. I mean, I definitely saw it in the theaters. I had not seen it in a while. Um, but it just is a really charming. She is so charming. This was the height of her. Just sweetness and, but she's funny and she, pl- I mean, she's beautiful, but she plays right. like schlumpy very well. Like it just like works big, for her. big oversized yes. gray sweaters yes. kind yes. of thing meant to dial down her glamour. And she's pretty in yes. this movie rather than like gorgeous, yes. which is or, or like what a, it's supposed like to be. the blind side where she, her personality owns the whole movie yeah. you know she's yeah. just like a force i mean this this girl's in some trouble you know she... right and yeah. and the whole movie hinges on you liking her yeah yes. because if you didn't like her this movie wouldn't work because she does some objectively <laughs> bad things sounds like something i'm working on <laughs> <laughs> i have like an outsized emotional connection to this movie regard you know like i don't feel like i'm very capable of evaluating it honestly on its merits because I did see it in 1995 at uh, my college's film forum and it was my first semester in college and it was you know I think it came out right at the like Thanksgiving or beginning of December or something like that and it really affected me because I was so lonely and so sad that when she gave this speech at the end and and she says you know, I, f- I fell in love with you all. And for for once, all of a sudden, I went from having nobody to being a daughter, a sister, a granddaughter, a friend. And I haven't had that in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's movie crying while she says that. And I was sobbing 
in the theater because it hit such an emotional chord with my loneliness. It's a story about Mm -hmm. deep loneliness. Yep. Yep. And she falls in love with the family as much as she does Mm -hmm. with Jack. Like that's almost the more important part of her just being accepted into this family. Because even when she had her dad, it was just her, her and her dad, you know, it was just the two of them. And now she has this big, loud family. Um, Big, loud, crazy family. I know. You know, like I said, uh, you know, Mrs. Banks from Mary Poppins. <laughs> Look, I love her. <laughs> she was also in The Ref, which is probably like a <sighs> yikes movie to watch again because of, of the spacey of it all. But um, I loved that movie oh, when I was so in high good. school. And she's hilarious in it. Um, but yeah, it's a, and you know, Peter Boyle's great in it. Um, who's the friend? The Jack Warden. That's his name. They're they're like yes. the her confidant slash their kind of friend adjacent family the jewish neighbor (laughs) saul Uh uh-huh who got welcomed into the catholic family it's a sneaky great cast yeah Mm -hmm. it is and Anne's favorite Anne's favorite role of it all peter gallagher's eyebrows (laughs) (laughs) oh no that's not what you're talking about well either or on gallagher's eyebrows (laughs) no I think that Michael Raspoli gives one of the greatest uh, comic performances in history as Joe Fusco Jr. He's great. He's great. The, He's a great scumbum. The yep. son of her landlord, who is just this Chicago, like calling him a mook would be a compliment <laughs> to him. Don't insult the mook. such a dope who has a crush on her, and he's this sort of puffed up nothing of a guy who's completely ridiculous and you know and he's asking her out without asking her out and he's like i got tickets to the capades and she's like that's nice for you (laughs) who has time to say ice (laughs) but but i'm glad that um we're talking about this because i really need to get the guy's um, input on this one concept that they talk about and that's the concept of of leaning mm-hmm. and when a couple of different men both joe jr and jack say i saw that guy was leaning at you is that a real thing bobby have you leaning heard this involves wanting and touching and leaning it's very body language expert sees People and, and Sandy is like, what are you talking about? And yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Didn't Cheryl Sandberg explain this to all of us? <laughs> God. Uh, uh, God. I, I th- I, it's, it's news to me, but I completely and immediately understood what it meant. So I yeah. think it was a creation of the movie to create that, uh, that in and out, who knows and who doesn't. Yeah. A quick, like, uh, visual representation of like how into each other they are right i mean it, it was a quick play for a great callback so it worked yeah. really well mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but yeah I, I i was not aware of that in a specific sense the the, the thing about this this film and, and things like that are like when when you watch it for the first time and you just surrender to it you're you're you know it's it's your typical film experience and you get taken away and you love it and 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 you had your theater experience with it and we all had our own when we first saw it and when we watched it again. But you, when you watch it over and over and over, you start to see the devices. 
you know, you start to see what they're yeah. doing and and, mm-hmm. and how yeah. the levers are working. And, 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 uh, I mean, I think the first time I watched it, the only question I had was like, uh, he never told anybody he was engaged. <laughs> well, but they weren't, they, he, they hadn't seen his family. He hadn't seen his family. Uh, okay. So his family. Like a punk. Sure. Yeah. But his yeah. coworkers. Yeah. 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 His, yeah. The guy he goes for a beer with, even if he's not really super friendly. I mean, <laughs> nobody he plays knew basketball him. with. Yeah, with a pencil in his pocket. Nobody knew you were engaged to the toll taker. Nobody. <laughs> I uh, mean, it doesn't work because he's not a guy who would get engaged to a toll taker. Right, no, right, exactly. Right, right. right. She's completely not his type. Yeah. At all. At yeah. all. At all. Because he is so vain and superficial, and he would want somebody who reflected himself, and she doesn't so that's the only thing when i initially watched it that i was like okay i gotta get over that yeah okay and once i did i bought it all but now when i rewatch it i'm like oh those motherfuckers tricked us here they got us here and they got us here (laughs) (laughs) they're good at it well i I, you know along with um sandra bullock this you know being her breakout time this is a hell of a year couple years for bill pullman i mean he is you know like he mm-hmm. well, what he had been playing previous to this was like the Baxter. Like he was the other guy that wasn't necessarily yeah. like a bad guy. He just was like not right. No, I have uh, Sleepless in Seattle has been on Netflix, so I have watched it many, 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 many times. Uh. And you know, he is, plays this, you know, sweet but nerdy but sweet guy. Something, and... something wild. He plays, uh, you know, yeah. the yeah. second the second guy who's yeah. like a cuckold in, in his life. Yeah, singles. He he's a, not a large part of it, but he's like yeah. is in love with uh, Bridget Fonda, and she was like, mm, no, I'm not interested. And it's so funny because before this, I think that I thought he was like objectively a good looking guy, but like didn't didn't really do it for me or whatever. He just seemed sort of vanilla. And this, he is very sexy in this. Mm-hmm. Like I was very into. He had more than than we had thought. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, he's never going to be, like, the dangerously no. sexy boy. No, he's no, the you, nice boy that parents and... would yeah. like. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. this is definitely the movie that propelled him to the presidency a year later. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about that. Yep. His polling went way up. <laughs> um, when I was after college, my, my best friend and I, um, Emily, we were, like, obsessed with, I think... We each had a favorite Bill P. She was really more of a Bill Paxton. <laughs> and I was a Bill Pullman. Oh, you're Steve Butler. <laughs> BP1 and BP2. Mm. And we you were made gonna the come, right choice. Ugh. We were going to come up with like a like a website. But there are like a lot. I mean, not probably anymore because Bill Paxton's dead. But like there were like we- already websites <laughs> at that point that uh, like, I, devoted to the different. That doesn't to... mean he wasn't sexy when he was, when he was out there doing it. You can just go it's to... Like, Paxton or Pullman.com. It, it's <laughs> yeah. a quiz. I'm looking uh-huh. at it right now. It's like, it's like Blocker Charge. <laughs> or it's like Mulrooney or McDermott.com. Yes. <laughs> right? Oh, but yeah, because they're kind of the same level of actor. Like, it's not, they're not Tom Cruise, but everybody recognizes them and, mm-hmm. and knows them. But anyway, I, I, I enjoyed Bill Pullman, and I think he is very charming and sweet in this, and you can see why. I mean, I thought of him as Lone Star from Spaceballs. <laughs> yes. So, like, yes, yes. I thought of him as like a comic actor, not a romantic hero. No, no. But in this, but, he, he does it well. Uh, I get with him. Just yeah. quick, quick update. Congratulations. Final score, 12 out of 12. 100%. You got a perfect score. You're a perfect person, and you really know your bills. <laughs> uh-huh. The world needs you now more than ever. So please Sherpa this cause and share what 
Critics call, quote, a truly remarkable website with those who oh need it most. Oh, my Lord in heaven. Which is every living soul on the planet. Great job, you oh, will. So right. that's Calm pa- down, Paxton. Paxton, Paxton <laughs> or Pullman.com. Oh, great. Oh, and then at the very bottom in the footer text, it just says, R.I.P. Bill Paxton from Mike and Joe. <laughs> See? Oh. <Aww>. <laughs> I like how we got top billing. I think it might have been an alphabetical. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. That's, that's the only fair way to do it. Yeah, obviously. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a really, really enjoyable movie. You know, you don't think too deeply about it, but it's just, it's very sweet and funny, but like, just a sweet movie. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Are we moving on to our next one? Yeah, I just had to put PaxterPullman.com into the Slack, so I remember <laughs> okay. to put it in the show notes. <laughs> uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, also 1986, June 86. Do, do I... Do, does anyone need a summary of this movie? I don't think so. I didn't even rewatch it because I've seen it so many times. That's what I told. That's what I, to, I. That's what I told Dave. I was it like, saved us I, a couple hours this week. I told Dave, I was like, I love this movie, but I think I saw it like a month ago. Yeah. So I, oh, I've, like, watched, I've watched it three times in the last uh, since the pandemic started. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I too screamed about it. me. I too screened it while I was packing yesterday just as, as background noise. But like, I, I think I can recite more lines from this movie than almost any other movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and as I when I picked it, I said, I think I said in the chat, uh, uh, absolutely Ferris Bueller's Day Off, because it's it's a movie about a suburban white kid who uh, pulls off something and gets away with it. So, of course, I saw mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> you were a Ferris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I wanted to be. I mean, we're all Cameron, but we want to be Ferris. I mean, that's yeah. the story of the movie, right? We're not I mean, all Ferris. Really is Some of dick. us were more, a little more Ferris. Uh, no, I was a genie. I was going to say, Anne is a genie. Okay, but that, to be fair, yeah, and the genie thing, yeah, so you, I'm sure a lot of women and some guys can relate to the to Jennifer Gray's other great character. Yeah. Uh, God. Oh, man, so... I can see that with you, Anne. I, I, see, I, uh, see I felt it, though. It up, I, trying to catch I would that have been motherfucker. so angry at the unfairness of it. <laughs> it is bullshit. And her parents are so rude to her yep. and they're so nice to Ferris. Yeah. There should be another version where she wins. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically she wins by getting to make up with Charlie uh, Sheen. Is that a win? Char- no, Charlie Sheen whose you. character is named He's Garth hot, Volbeck, though. but you never learn that because they they completely cut the backstory on Garth Volbeck. Garth, Garth? Volbeck. Oh, yeah. I'm glad they cut that. That would have ruined everything. <laughs> that was a dude's name. Uh, I did think that they could they could make a Creed style movie about <laughs> Jennifer Grey's day, but Jeannie Bueller's yes. day. Yeah. And, oh and just, man, what a frustrating day! Oh. Right. Oh. Fill in all those gaps for her, and then she learns her lesson at the end, which is that it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, no, I love this movie because it sends the message that bullshit, the, the bullshit of a given day doesn't matter. Just go, do whatever you want. Yeah, just yeah. Do, do it. We can and, fix it tomorrow. And in classic John Hughes style, it is a love letter to the city, the city of Chicago. You get the parade, yeah. you get the art museum, you get the driving mm-hmm. around and the scene sets, and it's it's very uh, the, I mean, the Cubs game. How, how many people have gone to uh, the museum and just stared at the, <laughs> yep. that? I mean, I did it when I went. I was like, I gotta yep. just stare at you it. You have to. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and uh, Sloane Peterson, hot. I know she is real. Mia Sarah is is, mm-hmm. is beautiful. I was thinking though, is Sloan a real name? I mean, I don't know that I've ever met anybody in the real world made named Sloan. I think it's like a nighttime soap opera. <laughs> 
name. <laughs> There's like one author that I've read named Sloan, and I remember thinking, that's so cool that her name is Sloan, and that's the only person I've ever but heard of. But didn't it. you think in the back of your mind, like, that's eh, sure. probably not. <laughs> that's probably not her real name. <laughs> right. uh, and then you pair it with the pedestrianness of Peterson, which again, everybody <laughs> right. in my family except me, his last name is Peterson, Peterson so nothing against that name, but... It's it's an interesting choice. Totally. It's a total <laughs> movie choice. Like, you know, it would be a cool name, Slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um well, that was... We also have to we have to call out the unfor- he's this is his second appearance in a movie that we've covered. I know. Oofy. Oofa I know. Jeffrey Jones, man. He picked some good movies to be in. Was... Well, it turns out he played an asshole uh for a reason. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah, in all the, his movies. The Chimo just, vibe really comes through. It, this is, oh, it's, oh it's, yeah. It's spacey levels of foreshadowing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What what yes. I like to do now that I, I don't see any, I'm not exposed to any like Bill Cosby crap, but like I do see a lot of like Jeffrey Jones and Kevin Spacey and stuff and all the, all the media I consume is I just say, I look at the guy and I, and I just say he was great at his job. So, yeah. You know, it's like you you can't take O.J. Simpson out of Buffalo Bill's highlights. Am I right, Bobby? I mean, well, I mean, I mean, technically, yes, they have taken him out of Buffalo Bill's highlights. But but yes, he's still a Buffalo Bill's Wall of Fame player. Because... Yeah. So you have to you have to figure out a way to like mentally deal with it. How horrible right. they were. Right. Or you just don't because yeah. I don't want to watch Kevin Spacey on screen. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, yeah. I loved The Usual Suspects, and I don't think I'll ever watch that movie again because yeah. I just don't want to see him because he makes me feel icky. It is yeah. tough. Not about, you know, yeah. whether I should or shouldn't. I just don't want to. Yeah, yeah this is just I how I deal with it. I, I, yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not for yeah. him. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry, oh, it's just, if this was a movie that, that pivoted on Jeffrey Jones as the lead... Yeah, I right. think that would yeah. make me much more uncomfortable. Right? That, yeah, that's a that's a good yeah. distinction. Yeah. And plus, he is so much the buffoon. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know he gets, you know, they fuck him up so great. Right. I mean, yeah. I feel gross when I look at him, but I'm supposed to feel gross when I look at him. Right. So it just yes. really makes it a little easier to swallow. Yeah. I um this movie I like I love the first um three fourths of this movie when they get to the car part at the garage i like can't handle it like it stresses me out i know that i have previously you know in the last episode i confessed to doing some pretty bad things but i really was like a pretty good kid i followed rules pretty well that whole part like gives me hives of him being scared of his dad and you know them not being able to roll back the mileage which hello of course not (laughs) i just like it gives me i like i have to like shrink up an armadillo a little bit like i just want to like well when i was uh like 14 15 years old and i was living with my dad um and i was going to uh just just starting high school uh course uh, i didn't have my driver's license yet but there was a car in the driveway and i did have access to the keys and my dad would be out of town for you know weeks and i just started driving and uh it wasn't like a car like that but yeah had i wrecked it it would have been noticeable but my dad you know he wasn't like a guy who took down mileage especially because this was just you know a 1976 280z uh so um, I sort of lived the the life of of Ferris Bueller in that I I had high school wired, but it was a much more low key thing because 
when I would take a day off, um, and I would, because when you're going to public high school at that time at Interlake, uh, you could, there were, there were so many unexcused absences you could have per semester or yeah. per quarter. And yeah. so I would just take them. Like I yeah. knew I had a day and I would just take it and I would sleep until 11. Then I'd get some Pietro's pizza and play asteroids. Uh, <laughs> and then I'd go home and sleep some more because my life was exhausting. You know, you're a teenager and you need to sleep 20 hours a day anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to make me go to school and you're going to make me, you know, practice. All I want to do is play sports, but they make you practice, which sucks because you have to get up like early <laughs> or stay late. And I don't want to do that. I just want to play sports. Right. So I was living this life, but like low key. Um, that's that's how it really works yeah. <laughs> when, you, yeah. when you take a day off. But uh, but this was just like magical. I mean, this this movie made you think that anything was possible. Well, yep. Right. Here's my take on that. And I think it's the other reason I love this movie so much. It's a heist movie. Yep. For right? sure. Everything is, um, it, it's a heist movie on the fly. The, the problem point. solving abilities of Ferris and his friends to always be one step ahead of whatever's yeah. going to catch them. Even, even the fastest moments of grabbing the cab right behind his father. Um, it's, it's the quick ingenuity and it's like it's like Oceans Three set in Chicago in the eighties, <laughs> and, and what they're stealing is a day of freedom. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And it's just that's so much fun because I love it when a plan comes together and yep. it just all works. Yep. It all works. I mean, you don't. There's no movie about what happens to Cameron that night. Oh, I know. So. Okay. Well, on the, on that tip though, is Alan Ruck like the other Paul Rudd in that he really doesn't look that different? Like I watched Succession. Oh, right. And he doesn't look that different. Like he's, he was, he's in his, like maybe he's in his sixties now, and he like basically looks the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's sixty four. And he pretty, he's like, you know, he's salt and pepper now, but he basically looks the same. When he was shooting Ferris Bueller, he was the same age as um, Wilford Brimley when he was shot. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets really weird. It gets really weird. After that. Good one. Uh, so Good one. yeah, my recommendation is go rewatch Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's if, fun because if you haven't seen it, what are you doing with your yeah, life? Yeah, what's wrong but, with you? Yeah, that was that was definitely a movie, and I might show it to to be. But that was I remember my aunt. I had a young, I have a young aunt, and I would go spend the night at her apartment, and she took me to go see Ferris Bueller in 1986. So I was seven or eight, and I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. And uh, uh, something that Dave and I talk about a lot with older movies, many movies from the 80s. Sometimes you watch them, you know, when you were young, you're like, oh, this is so great. And then you watch them again and our brains have transformed in a way that it seems super slow. So like when I was watching about last night, I was like, Jesus Christ, this movie is so slow. Like it's like, you know, the beats are just like, come on. But Ferris Bueller is, is not like that. No. Like it's it, there's so much going on. It's really snappy. Like yep. they don't linger too much on anything. Um, so anyway, I, I agree. So now are we ready? To move on. We're actually to... just about out of time, Hillary. So, <laughs> Shut up, to... no! so if you have a quick two minute synopsis of the fugitive. Oh my we'll goodness. Shut up. We'll clear out and let you have Speaking before. of something where the beats are snappy. Uh, Go. A perfect movie. A perfect movie. Okay. It's the fugitive. Y'all all know I've talked about it so much. It's really one of my favorite movies. Weirdly a movie I used to watch over and over again. If you haven't been able to tell, that's like a tick of mine is watching movies over and over and over again. For some reason, I maybe I had it on VHS. It's a nice step but... up from Spotlight. 
I mean, <laughs> yes, it's not it like it's a great movie, but watching it over and over again is super weird. <laughs> watching it before bed every night. You know, like, oh, oh my God, it's going to be a rough oh, night. Good. <laughs> um, I, um, I saw The Fugitive when it came out. It came out Christmas break. Okay, let me see when actually the release date, because I remember... Yeah. Oh, no. It must have started right before school because, okay, August 6, 1993. Okay, Guys, so I saw- let me stop you right now. Okay. I think the best thing that's come out of all this is not just us talking about these movies because, like, people can't keep up if they haven't watched a movie, you know? Yeah. And we should put the movies out, I think, before, you know, rather than springing them on people during the show, we should tell people in advance <laughs> what we're going to do and, you know, give them a, a few days to watch it before they listen to the show. But... The thing that has struck me is this concludes our editorial meeting. Is, is, not not the not the analysis. I mean, we you know everyone's going to have their own take, and it, it's all great. But what I love hearing is where you were when it hit you, like yes. what Anne was talking about when that when while you were sleeping hit her. Yeah, these are the stories that I that I like the most is like, what were you doing? When did you see it? How did it affect your life? And how many zillion times have you watched it since? That said, Hillary, go editorial okay. meeting over. You can cut this. Out. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I saw this right before my freshman year in high school and I just like loved it. This is so my type of movie. Like I was saying before, it's a mid tier, um, well done, star driven movie that's well written all that but um I remember I I think I've told this before and I know I have is that my in my world history class my freshman year in high school for whatever reason the 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 teacher this this man let me get up in front of class every day because I talked too much and he let me have like a little monologue before (laughs) class started every day and I remember I had a whole one about the fugitive and why it's such a good movie (laughs) um so anyway, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm now just picturing you standing in front of the class like a late night TV show audience and being like, <laughs> I was, so, I was like at the podium. So like, what I about this like... one? Did you, did you hear about this? <laughs> um, <laughs> Those clowns uh, in Congress. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the fugitive. <laughs> um, but I don't, I, for whatever reason, I, it was just, I was taken with it. And I, I think I went in with it with such low expectations. I knew what the fugitive was. I knew what it was based on. It was based on a sixties TV show. So I kind of wasn't expecting anything and it just was so well done I love a kind of cat and mouse crime procedural um, and just the different parts of it just charmed me so much you know Harrison Ford is great in it but he plays a really subdued role so it lets Tommy Lee Jones as like an asshole but like a really good asshole at his job uh, oh, Hillary's competence porn. I know. He's so good. <laughs> and his team, I, I love his team around them. They're so like, like we got Joey Pants in there, like, you know, making a star turn, but they're all like doing their work. And, and I like, I don't really understand the jurisdiction of the U.S. Marshals being involved in this, but whatever, that's for another podcast. But I like that they're not treating it as like, like, let's figure out why uh, this guy was convicted and actually it's total bullshit it is kind of funny at the beginning of the movie when they're like book him like why are you booking him there's no reason to book him like it doesn't make any sense (laughs) that he was booked do like a like a modicum of digging into this and it all breaks down but um but yeah okay so dr richard kimball was uh, sentenced to die for killing his wife Mm -hmm. oh by the way i found that death sentence to be a God. little bit unrealistic, uh-huh. you know. God a have rich mercy, white doctor who <laughs> killed one woman would be 
sentenced to death. No, no, no. I don't think so. I know. And they're like, he'd why, be out in 20. Why did he do it? Uh, well, they would have built rich. a defense. Once they knew he was fucked, they would have built a defense saying like she was sleeping with this guy yeah. and doing this. Yeah. And I mean, stealing his listen. money. And, you know, they would have been, I, I mean, if, if I were the lawyer, you know, I would have said, dude, you're, you're pleading guilty, but you're getting out in like a year and a half. So totally. I mean, right. just, and she's di- she's dying on the phone. I mean, the sum total of their evidence really is that she's dying on the phone and she whispers her husband's name Richard. and then says, he's trying to kill me. And nobody stops for a minute to think that those two things may not be connected because hello, she's dying from a head wound. I know. It's so silly. It's so, I mean, there are parts of this that are so silly and just, I think I like the, the cat and mouse of it all. And also them trying to just doing the, you know, investigation after the investigation. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I like that. Okay. So I think we all know, you know, Dr. Richard Kimball, there is this horrible accident. He escapes. Then he's like going through trying to prove that he didn't kill his wife. And uh, Samuel Gerard, the U S Marshal and his team are trying to find Kimball, but then also, you know, do some more research on what actually happened. So, and then it ends up, you know, with many scenes of them kind of going toe to toe, but then, uh, Gerard realizes that he didn't do it, and it was uh, his, I don't know, partner or whatever. Friend. Um, his friend, yeah, and, yes. And and I like what you say about it's not about his guilt or innocence for them no. at all, no, because no. that's as far as law enforcement is concerned, that's resolved. Yes. That's not their job to yes. do anything. The only reason that they get into it is because they figure out that that's what he's doing. Yes. And so to find him, they want to trace his process or maybe get ahead of him by doing the same investigation. Yes. Which is a great way to do it. Exactly. Um, Okay. So I have some notes that I'm going to read as I wrote them last night because it's like my feelings are too strong about this movie that I just had to write notes so like I could focus myself. Okay. One. And you'll notice when I fall off because then I just want to watch the movie and I don't want to take notes anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm engrossed. I know. One, Celia Ward is so beautiful. Mike, you and I have talked about this oh. before. God, she really is so beautiful. She, she is like, you know, she's probably around my age or maybe even younger in this movie, but she looks like a woman to me. You know, like she looks like an adult woman. And I don't know how to explain that. Like, I always feel like yeah. even as I age, I seem like a little kid. Like, she I wasn't just, I d- to me more. She was like, oh, my God, this is a yeah. woman that I would want to, like, marry tomorrow. I mean, she's so beautiful and cool. I don't know. I loved her. And I loved Sisters, so I was already in the Seal Award camp. So uh, she's great. I wish she had, she had a great career, but. I don't understand why she didn't become a movie star. I know. I, I no idea. I don't either because I think I just think she's so beautiful. Well, as has... a dude, I'll just say, oh, she probably just wanted to have a family. She just wanted. No, to... I don't think <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> okay, no, I don't think so. <laughs> That's no, the no. first place your mind goes. Like she had a kid, and she's like, you know, men are more has... important. Oh, God, please. Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, great <laughs> score by James Newton Howard. Yep. It is, it's yeah. Yeah. Like very impactful. I read he had issues doing this. It was really hard, but it is a great score. If only about it's last like, night it had him. Well, oh, that's, that's the difference between score and soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Soundtrack, no, really... you can get off track. Uh, with a score, you know, usually you're you're better. You're, yes. Less risk. I, I like this because it's sort of like mournful, but also mm-hmm. like suspenseful. Yeah. Um, I love the use of real Chicago cops because that oh, guy yeah. and his glasses are just so great. And his accent is yeah. wonderful. The cops do not come out of this looking <laughs> no. very good. No. no. I will say. No. 
No, this is a very anti-cop. Uh, They're complete yuttas. I rewatched this movie last night in bed, and when I reached the first scene where you could really get a clear picture of that guy's face, I just sent it to Hillary, and I said, Chicago PD in the early 90s, eh? Yeah. I think it's probably Chicago PD now. Now, yeah, exactly. Um, it's just that, that dude's son. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that dude is uh, the second nephew. cousin of sorry the... i meant to say nephew that's a good yeah. button yeah. on it this is this is a question for Anne. do we like the beard yeah i like it i think it looks I like nice it. on him yeah it, it maybe needs to be trimmed back a little bit but i enjoyed it it uh, makes him look doctorly yes mm-hmm. yes i agree and a little and they did have to set it out i set him off from like what he looked previously right a little dorky a little academic yes his yes, his tuxedo exactly. too with that vest Yes. Underneath, like he's just clearly not quite as suave as these other, all these other people at the black tie thing. I thought the beard was mm-hmm. a really nice touch. Yeah, he's like slightly more doctory, but he's you know there's a bridge between with this drug. Like there, he needs to be a star at some point. You know, in right? This universe. He he knows that this is a necessary evil of yeah. getting to do the kind of work that he wants right. to do. Mm-hmm. So right. he Hospital goes to the fundraiser and, and yep. Wears the tuxedo and yep. and looks uncomfortable and wishes he wasn't there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he's good at looking uncomfortable. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just thought of that. Well, the, like the thing. <laughs> he, the he thing that does. I really think that he does well in this movie is that he's not a badass. No. No. You know, he's not the action hero right. who's always got everything in control. He looks terrified yep. Yep. for most of this, like yep. especially after he's jumped off the dam and survived which, which and you know <laughs> no, okay okay like, like right. we wouldn't have jumped off the dam but right but uh, but we can he's not doing it as a hero he's doing it because he's terrified because right, he's desperate yeah, he's, he's desperate he's been but then to death, so. when he's he's floated down the river for a while and he finally like crawls out pulls himself out onto the bank and he just lies there and he's just he looks like he's kind of have a nervous breakdown. Like he's yeah. so scared yep. and so exhausted. And the only thing he can think to do, you know, he's not doing anything that he does out of like bravery or badassery. He's doing it because he has that need yep. to find out who killed his wife. Not even necessarily to like prove his innocence. Although I think there is that, but he has to know who killed yes. his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's not the swaggering action hero. It's this man who's smart and his brains are what enable him to stay ahead of the people chasing him and do what he wants to do. But not because, you know, he knows how to fire a gun or punch somebody or anything like that. His superpower is the his medical degree, basically. Like, Mm -hmm. that's how he can survive and that's how he can figure step out. Um, Okay, real quick. Um, Harrison is so good in the scene with the cops when they're kind of badgering him because he he looks so like I don't know I just thought it was a really good acting scene with him where he's like so upset and he can't answer them which makes him sort of mm-hmm. seem guilty but um, I thought that the 911 operator was terrible I'm like just send some help to her when she's calling and she's yep. like Ugh, and she's going somebody's in your house ma'am ma'am and I'm like just send somebody um, okay then the cop or the the guard on the bus is always he's always a bumbling asshole. I think his name is. Oh, Richard that guy Real. with the mustache. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. But he's great because he's like kind of comedically terrible. He's sort of like a Keystone cop. I uh, looked him up. I think he has some unbelievable number of. Oh, I'm sure. 
of IMDb credits. Mm-hmm. You keep going. I'm going to look back up and see. Um, I said that the train slash bus scene is a masterpiece scene. It's wonderful. Um, and then I just said, Joey Pants. Love him. <laughs> uh, I love all of Gerard's team. I think that they all they all have different personalities, and you don't know all of their names, but they they kind of all get yeah. one little like scene. And I love when Gerard says, "Well, shit, sheriff." Uh, I thought that was funny. Uh, his, Gerard's um, oh, go breaking ahead. in here. I have I have the information. Richard Real, yes, who yes, played yeah. the bus guard, four hundred and fourteen IMDb credits. He's probably low key kind of rich, like just because he can, you know, he's not a star, but he just kind of cobbles mm-hmm. up all these movies. He has to have someone. I would like guess a wheelbarrow some, like, back voiceover. from the from the, yeah. <laughs> from the mailbox with yeah. all the dollar seventy eight checks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I don't. I don't see any like cartoons or vo- I mean, which is weird because I mean, he definitely has a voice for that he did play santa claus in puppy star christmas in 2018 where like he just works like where was that crazy. set i just want to add it to our running notes <laughs> <laughs> puppies not at the north pole <laughs> oh yeah good point. Space. Uh, We've already done a space. song filled wait wait oh you guys this is from Airbud entertainment oh a song filled new Airbud pup star movie that introduces four new pups to the family who stow away on Santa's sleigh and find themselves trapped at the North Pole trying to save the world's Christmas spirit. Okay. Aww. Well, when we get to the North Pole show, yeah, then oh, Puppy Star Christmas. In 2027. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Also, second Air Bud reference on this show. <laughs> it's an important part of our lives. Uh, he was also in something called Paw Parazzi. <laughs> Which looks like it stars a Pomeranian or something. But oh, I read this. Parazzi. Not, yep. to, not to be a Sorry. stickler. I know what a stickler you are yeah. for, pronunciation. for pronunciation. You try saying Paul Parazzi for the first time. Well, you know, at it. I let you have a pass at it. And then I correct it. <laughs> All right. Word of the day. Oh, okay. All right. Um, the speech, you know, Gerard's speech, it is mocked as it was at the beginning, you know, four hours ago at the beginning of this show. But it really is a good, fun speech. Oh, I don't know. God, I, just, I, just, I got goosebumps when I was listening to it. Um, uh, this is when... Harrison what a boss. Ford, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. A, he's a really good boss. This is Harrison Ford when he's stitching himself up. I said, Harrison has a tight bod. Even like yeah, his, he does. <laughs> I was like, dang. Yeah. Um, he's never see. shown up chubby to anything. No, no, okay. he's like a thin guy. He's just one of those. No, but he's he's never one of those guys that like gets jacked. No, no, exactly. no, he doesn't, he do doesn't that need shit. that. Yeah, he, yeah, that's a good point. And he's never he's been like firm. Raging Bull or, you know, or the mechanic. You know, he's like, look, I'm Harrison Ford. You know, send me yep. a script that, you know, I look like me and I get confused. And, and I can and I can have an earring in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I do crash think a that's plane, really you know? an unfortunate choice that he made. No, yeah, that I'm was sticking rough. to it. Um, I, I think that the sort of and the synopsis of what you were saying is, you know, Harrison saying or or Dr. Richard Kimball saying, I didn't kill my wife. And then Gerard saying, I don't care. Yeah. Like he doesn't yeah. care mm-hmm. about it. It's again, there's it's so many quotable lines on this, but yeah. he doesn't care. He just wants to like apprehend him because that's his job. I love um, federal marshals, by the way. I know. Uh, so one of my favorite parts of this is, I mean, it's sort of old school, but when they get the phone where uh, they get the call where 
Kimball is calling his attorney. And then they're like, drop down the voices so you can hear the train. I don't know. I feel like that part is very exciting. I always get excited. Enhance. Enhance. It is totally <laughs> Yeah, enhanced. very early version of that. Yeah. And the by guy- the way, his lawyer is played by Chicago legend Dick Cusack. Yes. Yep. Uh, and you know who the guy is? Uh, playing the guy that's doing the um, that's doing the like working with the recording. That's uh, that's also a Cusack. Yes, I think I saw that. Oh, in the Chicago movies, lousy with Cusacks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and he was in. Um, he was also in while you're sleeping. He was the doctor. Yeah. At the hospital, and yeah. now he's playing Harrison Ford's lawyer. Why'd you run? Running only made you look guilty. Um, Lousy okay. with Cusacks might actually be a better show title. <laughs> <laughs> what a shitty lawyer, though. I mean, come on I now. I he was a good lawyer. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Turn yourself in. You're just going to get killed. Well, oh. killed? I've been sentenced to death, right? <laughs> yeah, well, but you're not going to get a pardon if the marshals shoot you in the street. At yeah. least there's hope yeah. if yeah. you're on death row. But there's hope for me catching this killer. That you know, lawyer has to my know. lawyer doesn't believe me. Are you telling me that like Dick Cusack, the lawyer, was just uh, like nah. Cusack? That's a hard you. Cusack, Cusack. I said. Yeah, Cusack. if your lawyer doesn't believe you, if your lawyer doesn't believe you, then why is he your your lawyer? Well, also as a lawyer, he has certain obligations yeah. in yeah. that. He cannot yeah, condone or aid this behavior. Yeah. At, you know. Yeah. By lawyerly rules and ethics, he yeah. has to tell yeah. him to turn I, himself I in. I just think a guy that the has cops this much tapped. money would have had a lawyer that that uh, would have, would have first of all, him. not not gotten him in that position. No, he has a respectable lawyer, but yeah. the cops had made up their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> well, also, I would believe that if you were a black man, but as <laughs> as a as a white guy, I think uh, I think he could have had a much better outcome in every way. But you know, he felt. It would have robbed us of him jumping off the dam. So yes, yes, <laughs> he had to. Uh, he had to know his phone was being tapped too. Yeah. That's the thing I always thought <laughs> right. about the lawyers. He had to yeah. play it straight because he had to yeah. know his phone was okay. being tapped. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. The Ukrainian landlord lady feels very Chicago. One yes. time when my one time when my dad and I went to go, I went. My dad really wanted me to go to Northwestern, so we went and looked. And then we were going to lunch. I don't know. One day we were just in downtown Chicago. We wanted to go to lunch. And we went into this deli, which was not really a deli. It was like this shitty Ukrainian, like, I think I, the only sandwich that they had available was like bologna with mayonnaise on white bread. Like it was, dis- I mean, I, listen, I'm not going to turn it down, but it was disgusting. <laughs> and it felt very like. I mean, it's food. That's what we get <laughs> no. on a, an actual lockdown. I know it felt As very like here, yeah, it, fe- it felt very Soviet block, and my dad and they were like, "Where are we?" But yeah, that felt very Chicago. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Julianne Moore, looking again, very similar to how uh-huh. she does now. Mm-hmm. She's oh, cute as a button. She's she had one. fourth billing in this movie. Yeah. She has like one and a half scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she runs, uh, and I like that he's like, "So you took his badge? <laughs> like that's it? That's yeah. all you did?" <laughs> Um, the bad guy, uh, Nichols, the, uh, you know, guy that's mm. bad in the end. I feel like he was on Dynasty and that's where I knew him, but he was definitely like a character actor of the eighties, nineties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you talking about the, uh, the drug guy? Great. Yeah. The doctor, the yeah, friend, Dr. Yeah. Charles Nichols. I, back in the day when I was trying to date, uh, artsy chicks, I used to watch a lot of foreign films. 
um, <laughs> used to go to you know those those theaters you know up in Greenwood and on Broadway you know and take in some foreign films hoping that that would like make me look smart and cool get and, you laid yeah I mean <sighs> you, said you, laid. you said it you said it I didn't have to say it uh, he's he was all over you know uh, I think he was Danish or no, yeah I think Dutch Dutch yeah. right yeah um, one of the D ones the third man the fourth man <laughs> all these movies I I saw him in a lot of shit hmm. yeah totally. uh, and I knew I knew when I saw him I knew when I saw him like uh, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah there okay. he is yeah. and he has a Dutch accent but it's slight enough to just work as uh, generic European yes yeah great movie so villain. it can he yeah is. he's great although I have the you know, the same um, criticism for this as I did about Goodwill Hunting is why did they have to call him Charles Nichols yes. when he's so clearly not American? Yes. I still believe that he that could have so gone to weird. med school. They could have been friends. Yes. But they couldn't give him just, just a non-white bread name. Give him his yes. acting name, whatever that, you know. Yep. Yeah. Smorgenborgen or whatever his name is. <laughs> Jerome Crab. Yeah. Jerome Crab. With all the weird... Yeah, initials uh, yeah um no but he uh, he does a good job um jane lynch that's another cameo and yeah. she's mm-hmm. great and i remember when i saw her maybe in like best in show and i thought i've seen her before where have i seen her and it's just kind of odd because this is not a funny role at all at all um but she did i don't know i thought she did a good job she had a, some sly humor to her yeah though. yeah but it's i mean again it's like julianne moore i mean it's a two scene mm-hmm. uh appearance um, I love old school, like old technology when they're trying to trace a call and they're like, string it out, make it longer. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I love they so always make the, the hand motions. Yes. yes, the hand moment. The, the hand motions. Like, <laughs> yeah. Draw it, draw it out. <laughs> I don't know why it delights me. You're stretching like, taffy uh, over there? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I just wrote, they switched the sample. Yeah. Because um, I like to say that. <laughs> and then there's a, there actually is a good... Um, John Mulaney stand up and um, and he like basically does that whole speech like and it really that's what endeared John Mulaney to me is how obsessed he is with the fugitive because he kind of like John Mulaney <laughs> I think he's fine yeah. I just want to get to pick right. whether I watch him you're not him besmirching not. at all I meant to introduce you as a John Mulaney super fan but then I decided to get on the movies instead <laughs> put it in the show notes and then she'll never hear the end of the John oh, Mulaney God. YouTube video um, and then basically it wraps up pretty quickly. You know, they have this final uh, kind of battle royale in the, in the washroom of this hotel, but I, and that's fine. It, it wraps up and it's, uh, you know, yeah, the action sequence but, with the bus crash is a, one of the, the greatest yeah. scenes of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. The, the wrap up in the laundry room, it's good. But after you've mm-hmm. seen the bus crash scene, yeah. <laughs> you're, mm-hmm. you're like, right. what can you fucking well, do after that? Everything that happens in the bus bus crash is so believable. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. You know, it makes sense, like, from a technical standpoint, from a physics standpoint, from something that Bodily would actually injury. be real, yeah, realistic yeah. that that could happen. Yeah. I do not believe that two men could fall through a skylight multiple <laughs> no. floors yeah, see, yeah. onto an elevator and yeah. walk away without grievous bodily injury. It's yeah. almost like that was the gateway to the ridiculousness that would follow in yeah. action mm-hmm. movies you know it's like you had the bus crash sequence that you could have wrapped up with something much more subtle and no one would have cared but that right. yeah the laundry room thing was like mm, come on now 
I mean, your insides would be oh. like trickling down your pant leg <laughs> if you had taken that fall. Oh, it's so gross. And I hate when I hate when Joey Pants gets hit in the face with the swinging. Oh, yeah, yeah that's brutal. <laughs> that's Oof. visceral. Um, but I do. I remember. I, I when Gerard drops his gun but then also when they get to the car and he takes his handcuffs off and gives him like the ice pack or whatever uh-huh. it makes me tear up a little bit mm. so and Harrison yeah. Ford says I thought you didn't care <laughs> yeah. I don't but don't tell anybody yeah <sighs> and then Tommy Lee Jones went on to win I'm, I'm sure Harrison Ford was probably grumpy about it but Tommy Lee Jones went on to win best supporting actor for 1993 and it was nominated for seven Oscars including best uh, picture I believe the other ones were just more like sound editing mm-hmm. it, it didn't win which is kind of crazy because I think that it's it's pretty phenomenal 1993 is a really tough year because it's the Schindler's List year and so it's oh. like ain't, ain't oh. nothing going we can re-Oscar also, every year that could and, be and also Jurassic Park was that year so it was like yeah. both of those came out so you got the like high low of Steven mm-hmm. um Steven Spielberg and like Jurassic Park is going to win every you know below the line Oscar where sure. Schindler's List is going to win and I think yeah. it was Philadelphia it was squeezed. that year yeah so it was yeah it was a, it was a lot anyway it, that is one of my favorite movies <laughs> of you know and when I this is my one little anecdote anecdote I can't say the anecdote about it is that when I went to go to see Hamilton uh in Chicago whatever four years ago I was on the L and I texted my dad, I'm on the L, what movie am I thinking about? And he said, The Fugitive. And I'm like, oh, that's my dad and well, I really know each other well. He heard the train tracks. He heard the... He did. He texted back, well, you were sleeping. Oh. Uh, Hillary, do you remember who the other nominees were? For for uh, Best Picture? Best, best Supporting Actor, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, gosh. Um, I would say Ben Kingsley was probably one. Mm. No, I. Do you want me to look at? I ben, would guess Ben Kingsley. I'm just, trying to look it up. It's almost like begging for Oscars. Every time the camera's on him, he's like, "Can I get an Oscar?" Supporting. Action. Not that he's not good. Quickly. Uh, no, not 19. See, I hate Hillary. <laughs> Hillary, it's okay. Do your research. I'll put a button on this while you do it. <laughs> okay. Yes, okay. please. The movie came out on August 6, 1993. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh. This movie's called The Fugitive. Can you guess what I was when I saw this movie oh, in the theater? Yeah. A fugitive. For like two more months. Less than two more months. Did you see it in the theaters? I saw it was in the Was it theater. so meta? I didn't even think about it. See, that's the weird <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, until like years later, I had no perspective. I was just like, this movie's fucking great, you know? I didn't like get any tips or... <laughs> You didn't, wow. you didn't hear easy money and just your eyes lit up. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I th- yeah, exactly. I'd already, I was established as a, as a criminal and a fugitive and I wanted to stay a fugitive and I wasn't trying to catch the real bank robber. So yeah. let's just say that. Uh, the other thing while you finish your research, Hillary, is I am the only one among us who has spent a large amount of time inside of a prosthetics lab. Oh, actually, I was going to ask you about that. I was like, is it is it like that where they're like showing you how to use the arm? Oh, totally. This is your movie, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I mean, I mean, I had my guys, my my lady and and my guy and they, you know, they showed me all the shit and we went into the lab and they showed me how it was made and and what I could expect. I mean, shit, I knew that shit backwards and forwards um, 
or I know it now, I guess. But yeah. But uh, but when I see the movie now, I'm like, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, I just okay. Uh, while you're working on your research, I just wanted to chime <laughs> in with. I we, like this. This is a new segment. While Hillary works on her research, we we, did, we glossed over one Julianne Moore thing, which is her her line, which is I think one of the pivotal points for Tommy Lee Jones' understanding of the movie, which is when he asks about the kid. Yeah, and that whole saved little that yeah, he saved his life. That one line just yeah. kills me every time I hear it. I know. It. He said, and then I know. She, when he and she he, promptly he smiles walks away a little bit after he, she he says it. A little bit, yeah. As he's going mm-hmm. into surgery, I'm like, he's doing it. He's doing what he's meant to do. This is what he wants to do. Yeah, he, yeah. let's let him back to do it. Um, okay, so circling back, I'm sure Anne has found it as well. I was mm-hmm. wrong. It's uh, not... This is an impressive. Yes, list. Yeah, it is. Yes, I have it. Holy too. shit. Uh, and it and it wasn't it wasn't Ben Kingsley. I forgot about Ray Fiennes. Yeah. Yep. That's okay. I'm He'll pardon you. Amazed. Yeah. Yes. Ray Fiennes did not win for Schindler's I List. I know. I don't know. You know, sometimes they just want to give the like character actor uh, just a little nod for this. And this was such a big like money. It made so much money that I thought I think it was like the combination of making the money and also being like a. Uh, Critics, you know, critics liked it as well. So, yeah, it's Leonardo DiCaprio for his first nomination, I believe, for What's Eating Gilbert Grape, a role he could never play again, ever again. He's not nope. bad in it, but, like, it's it's definitely going full R word from. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Ray Fiennes for Schindler's List. And that was the first time I had ever really seen him in anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Malkovich in The Line of the Fire, which I think is one of my dad's favorite movies. And then Pete Postlethwaite in In the Name of the Father, which I've actually never seen before. But you know, he he killed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen the Malkovich role either, but I can't just sit is here and say, the, oh, that um, asshole Malkovich. It was probably terrible. No, I'm not. In the Name it. of the Father, that's uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Like IRA kind of yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's his wheelhouse. 93, 90, it used to be like 1939 and 93 were like the two like big, you know, these are the best movies ever made kind of because 39 is Gone with the Wind and like The Wizard of Oz and then 93 was like Schindler's List and I mean now I don't know. It's tough because Schindler's List is so not a rewatchable movie that no. it's like, it. I, I said like, it's on Netflix, and I keep thinking, who's like, you know what I'm going to watch? I mean, I guess it's like me watching Spotlight. Right? But, uh, <laughs> well, but who in their right minds is going to be like, I'm going to pop some popcorn I, and watch Schindler's List for the next four hours I, and then cry? I'm not sure when it came out, but uh, I don't know if I could have seen it when it came yeah. out. And I have not seen it. Um, and I don't feel like I need to because I feel like I'm woke enough to be anti-Holocaust. <laughs> That is saying something in this day and age. So yeah, it is. Yeah. With, without no, I mean, without having sleepless nights, you know. It is a beautiful movie. It I'm is, sure. but it is it is tough. Like and precious. It is not a I haven't seen that. I mean, uh, and, nope. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, we watched it in my dorm one night, like you know, before everybody had their own devices in their own rooms. We actually watched it in the lobby on the communal mm-hmm. yeah. TV and the VCR that you had to borrow. Yes. Uh, and we were and probably 20 people watched it and we were so sad after we had to watch a comedy (laughs) until like five in the morning weekend at bernie's everybody we can't can't go to bed now yeah no it's tough i mean there i think there is a seinfeld about somebody making out in schindler's list which is actually (laughs) he got caught by newman 
Seinfeld <laughs> made out with his girlfriend in front of Newman, and he saw it. And, oh man. Uh, okay. I, so anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Well, just I, I just to this is I scrolled down to the next category for that that award season, and it's Holly Hunter winning as actress in a leading yeah. role for the piano, and that oh, got me God. thinking about broadcast news, which reminded me that that's who. Uh, the Demi Moore character in About Last Night kind of reminded me of was the Holly Hunter character in Broadcast News, oh, not yeah. in not in performance, just in general yeah. appearance yeah. and demeanor. Broadcast News is great, um, but yeah, this is yeah thirty nine is I mean thirty nine is also when I mean thirty nine ninety three is when uh, Sleepless in Seattle also came out. Oh, I watched that one. It. I used to go to the theater every day, high as fuck. <laughs> uh, this little theater down by the San Diego Sports Arena, where, where the Clippers used to play, I I would I would I went to sleep. I went to that fucking movie like every day. It's a good movie. Every Very day, and I would sit there like for two showings, you know, just because it hit me, like because it was home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, and and because it was a goddamn great movie, I wouldn't have gone yes. back to it if it wasn't a good yeah, movie it's a really good movie but i i have that that whole thing memorized also yeah. uh, so i married an axe murder that was <laughs> that, that played in the same theater so i would just go back and forth and uh, try for not to get recognized final note from that year philadelphia and schindler's list both lose to mrs doubtfire for the makeup oscar <laughs> god god oh well makeup oscar i mean yeah just throwing did, that out there. They did do it up for Delphire. Oh Lord, <laughs> look real though. I know Philadelphia is actually it's that's a it's it's a that's it, it, a spectacular makeup job. Yeah, actually. I again haven't seen it. It's like a Schindler's List. You know what? Me. It's not the, the, the Philadelphia is very 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 sad, but it's it's so well done and it's actually yep. like very and in, more interesting than you think it is. It's not just a, like an Oscar movie. I, it is a really interesting movie. I'm not defending myself except no, no, I no, am anti HIV. Like... I let's get on the record. <laughs> I, AIDS is bad. Anti HIV AIDS and anti Holocaust. You really <sighs> so far a, I'm getting there. I still hate the blacks. So woke. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, oh, all right. All right. Let's. Yeah. There, you can tell we've gone too long. Uh, one step across the line. Stop it. Question of the week is uh, your Chicago movies. And also, please give us your teen movies for Bridget. Yes, please. Right. I mean, she's eight. She's practically there. So we're allowing the double entry. If you've ever yes. seen Hillary's Instagram stories, she's eight going on 18. I know. Good Lord in heaven. Oh, Lord. Um, all right. I'm going to do, um, teach you recommends. I just have a quick recommendation. I know this isn't like podcatcher, but, um, nice white parents is a limited podcast from, I guess, serial or this American life or Cereal whatever productions. Yep. Um, and it's just a few episodes and it's really well done. It's just about, I, I think about this a lot whenever I say like, Oh, my kids go to a good school. Like, what does that mean? Uh, you know, I used to think it just meant it's a well, it now it just, oh, it means it's like a mostly white school. So it's, it shines a light on that and how white parents control the narrative and all of these schools and making them quote unquote good and how silly some of the stuff is. And I really, I enjoyed it is it was a reflection of myself and I think people should listen to it. Yes. Kind of how, uh, how white parents with good intentions. Yes. Um, either pervert those intentions so that they don't benefit minorities or don't follow through on the things that they say they will. Now I haven't listened to it because I'm not a parent, which (laughs) I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news (laughs) because I'm not a parent, (laughs) 
But, uh, you know, like, it doesn't speak directly to me yeah. like it does to you, Hillary. Yeah. And it's like, I can't take any more of no. how white people suck I know. right I know. now. I know, I know. I mean, it's pretty self-evident, so yeah. I don't need to, like, go through a whole nother. No. Like, here's this new avenue in which <laughs> we're terrible. Yeah, no, like, it's... I know. It's depressing, but I, I kind of like that. And it was done by a white lady, so I kind of like that. I mean, not that it made it more palatable, but how she was like, oh, shit, you know, and thinking about schooling for for kids it's just as but yeah I agree I mean it's tough it's tough but it was interesting and and it's very New York based so it's like it's sort of the whole system there is very different than how it works here and it's intriguing Mm -hmm. to me there's a lot more choice as far as where your kids go to schools it's not as neighborhood based so I don't know I thought it was I thought it was interesting and and quick I like a I like a you know end cap an end to my podcast unlike this one which is going on for on its third hour yeah. <laughs> shameless... yeah we need a word count to see who is most responsible for this probably me as usual. shameless amazon plug of the week uh Boulez conducts stravinsky the six cd box set that's what i'm putting on i i actually ordered that for work this week for something unrelated Ooh, to my daily with your life. monocle yeah exactly so uh you know firebird, uh, is firebird on there uh yes of course uh, of course it P- is. Pierre Boulez, uh, uh, latter half 20th century master French composer, conductor, founder of many great musical organizations. Uh, great, great CD set. I don't expect any of you to buy it, but I do expect you to go into the show notes or on our website, click on the link to go look at it, and then go buy whatever garbage entertainment you actually want. On to housekeeping. <laughs> hey now, hey now, that's not nice. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, you just I bought about last night. I I bought several movies to watch this week. Uh, uh, Mike, you just disparaged an entire race of people like 10 minutes ago. Shut up. 10 minutes ago? I'm sorry when I said the blacks. I meant blacks. God, stop. All right, Bobby. I can't edit it out now. That's the worst part. Housekeeping. uh, I was capitalizing it, he says. Buy stuff from us at thisshowseverything.com. Click the shop button. Rate and review us in your podcatcher of choice, Gab Grabber, or whatever. Use our Amazon links to buy your stuff so that we get pennies from the Bezos world uh, when you do. Yeah. I think that's good enough. Hillary? All right. Get involved. The website is thisshowhaseverything.com. The, you can also use throwyourphone.com. Please join the Facebook group if you are so willing. It's super fun. The show Twitter is at Show. Email us at tshe at 10710.com and send us a voice memo, please. Uh, if you, any of you have good Chicago accents, please send us a voice memo because yes. I would like to hear that. There's no way that your audio quality is going to be worse than Jeremy's. So yes, please. don't, yes, don't please. let that hold you back. Even if you don't yes. know what you're doing, you'll be fine. Uh, fax us at 617-354-8513. That felt weird. Fax your butt to Bobby. Um, and then... <laughs> Thanks for joining us. That really was everything. I think this, is this our longest show? Maybe. It might be. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, y'all.
forgot. What? What? Did anybody watch the Fugitive TV show remake with Tim Daly oh, in no. 2000? No, I, I was not. I'm glad did. I'm not aware of it. Was it good? I mean, it got canceled. I know, like I know, I know. 18 episodes, but it's, I watched Tim Daly. Yeah, Tim sure. Daly's a cutie. Wings. He's my favorite of the love. Wings Brothers. <laughs> I would not go for Stephen Weber. You know no. that I like the serious, yes, responsible course. older brother. Of course. Things We Forgot also reminds me, I forgot my fa- one of my favorite While You Were Sleeping scenes, which is when Joe Jr. is working on the car, but he just pops up into the screen with a hammer. <laughs> 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 and, then he, and then he like has a manual in the other yeah. hand and he looks at the manual and then he looks down <laughs> into the engine. I love I love that kind of throwaway shit. It's oh, so good. It's so good. Good night, everyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs>